and welcome to Fantasy Life Week 14 Review Podcast Edition. You know, got my words a little bit mixed up there. We'll watch the film and get better. I'm your host, Ian Hart. It's just a great day to be great. It's a great day to recap everything that just went down in an exhilarating Week 14. As always, I am not by myself. I am joined by the one, the only Fantasy Life Director of Analytics, Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne the McFarlane family's uh, pretty happy tonight. Dad got to see his Cowboys win. Yep. You know, when the Cowboys win, like everybody in the household's happy because you're right. Dad's happy. Uh, you know, we, we've one of our dogs, Nora, she's so funny. Like she gets super nervous in games when we're all cheering, but she, she also can't look away. She has, she'll keep coming back into the, into the living room with all of us. And uh, it's just funny though, to watch her, her tell just like nervous. And she's looking at us like, is it cause she doesn't, she's, she's trying to interpret like, is the screaming and yelling, is it good or is it bad? <laughs> cause we kind of sound the same, uh, whether it's good or bad. So anyway, it's pretty funny. My mom just got a puppy. So now there's four dogs that run around the house when she comes oh, nice. through to watch Cowboys uh, games. And the puppy is terrified of the other dogs when they bark. So one dog starts barking and the puppy just hightails it behind the couch <laughs> each and every time. But, you know, I would like to think that puppy is happy that them Cowboys got a victory. But enough of that fan curtailing. Guys, let's break down. Every single game that just happened here, again, an eventful Sunday here in week 14. Hopefully locked up those playoff spots, but if not, it's already time to get better for the 2024 season, just like Happy Gilmore used to do with his hockey tryout. So with that, everyone, let's get after it. Browns took down the Jaguars 31-27. to The Browns did cover as two-and-a-half-point favorites. The overcash at a lowly 37-and-a-half. So, Dwayne? Joe Flacco's world, we are all just living in it. Only took him two starts to throw for more yards in a single game than Deshaun Watson has managed during his time in Cleveland. But Watson, DTR, whoever it is, man, like we have just seen him be more productive than pretty much anyone in Cleveland this year. I mean, five passing touchdowns in two games. Every other Browns quarterback combined only has nine and 11. So good stuff from Flacco. And accordingly, we're actually getting some pass game production out of these guys, specifically today, David Njoku. Now, Dwayne, I saw you mention it. As well over on the old uh, Twitter sphere. The Joker was one of many tight ends today to just have absolute blown coverage induced chunk plays fall into their laps. So that is, you know, a reality. His first touchdown, no one even around him. Second touchdown, yeah, no one was around him until he had to throw a stiff arm out. But I do want to give Najoku a little credit. He is number one in the NFL at this point in yards after the catch per reception. No tight end has forced more total missed tackles, forced 18. In fact, that's five more than the next closest guy. So great stuff from David Najoku throughout the season even if today's work was a little bit easy but yeah man otherwise just uh really good to see the browns actually be able to do this was there any uh, utilization that stuck out to you Dwayne? because otherwise man it's just good having amari cooper david Njoku being able to catch accurate passes elijah moore does a few good things every week now and then we got a drum for kareem hunt split backfield never thought i'd be feeling this good about a browns offense in week 14 Dwayne, but here we are here we are. And I do think like it's there, there's nothing changing really here, but we can just feel more confident, you know, with yeah. Flacco. I know that sounds weird, but to your point, 254 yards passing last week, 311 this week. And he's not even been like hyper accurate or anything Ian, 52% completion rate last week, 58% this week, but it's just been enough. And so now it's like, okay, we, we can probably get two weapons per week out of this offense, plus maybe the run game gets going. I mean, there will be weeks where maybe we get three, but I think before it was like, okay, one of the Browns can have a good game and then no one else can. 
Is it going to be Amari? Is it going to be David and Joku? But now with what we saw this week, it is possible that we could have multiple guys from the Browns looking good. And they moved to eight and five on the season. But Amari had 12.7 fantasy points a day, 94% route participation, but he had a 33% target share led the team. And Joku was second on the team with a 19% target share, but obviously caught those two touchdown passes. You talked about 27.1 fantasy points. The guy was kind of left out a little bit this week. That was a little more of the hero last week after Amari left was Elijah Moore. Still same route participation, all that, but only a 14% target share. So you mentioned the split backfield. No new news there, but I just think it's something where we can feel a little bit better about all of these weapons. Again, improving Bears defense next week. So maybe not the layup that we would have thought it would have been a few weeks ago, but still very much a matchup where, yeah, Najoku, Amari Cooper, actually feeling pretty good if he managed to get them into the fantasy playoffs opening round. Over on the other side of the ball, 27 points for the Jaguars in a losing effort. I was just surprised to see Trevor Lawrence out there at all, Dwayne, let alone moving around pretty well. I saw a joke on uh, Twitter with him in pregame, you know, just doing some drills that it was shocking to see him do. And someone brought up the point that you could take a baseball bat to Lawrence's knee and he wouldn't feel a damn thing at that moment in time because of all the stuff I'm sure he <laughs> yeah. was hopped up on in pregame but just again it shows Dwayne like he had a scramble in the first quarter where again he didn't look if you had no idea what happened last week I don't think you would have been able to that easily point out that he was playing through the pain so not the best performance anyway but that could have also just been because that's what happens when you face Miles Garrett and company sometimes so not one not two but three interceptions on the afternoon for Lawrence but he did save his fantasy manager if you were brave enough to start him in this one with three scores. So ultimately, Dwayne, I think the big story here is what to make of this pecking order now without Christian Kirk involved. And pretty clear top three pass game options. Zay Jones, 14 targets. Calvin Ridley, 13. And Evan Ingram, 12 of them. Obviously, Ingram was the one with the massive performance. 95 yards, and he can't stop, won't stop scoring after getting that monkey off his back last week. Add another two touchdowns to his total today. So, man, Evan Ingram, David joke going back and forth to it i'm gonna tell my kids about this game in a decade <laughs> yeah but it is pretty consolidated to the guys you just mentioned uh calvin ridley had a 98 percent route participation almost never coming off the field 27 percent target share wasn't able to do that much with it though ian only 9.3 fantasy point points similar for zay jones you mentioned those 14 targets led the team with a 29 percent target share 93 percent route participation so he was out there for the most part on all plays as well and then you already talked about evan ingram he had those 12 targets 11 catches for 95 and two touchdowns so 25 percent target share for him and an 88 percent route participation the other guy was Parker Washington at a 63% route participation. He's a guy that came through with several catches last week. This week, not as many, only a 6% target share, but he did catch a touchdown. So he had two receptions for 27 yards and a tee. They do run a lot of 11 personnel here, so I think we could see weeks where Parker Washington gets a little bit more involved, but he's clearly behind these other three guys. And, and, and these are all three solid target earners, so Parker Washington really more of just like a punt play in DFS. And that is as long as Jamal Agnew stays completely out of the picture again. He got put on IR three weeks ago, as yeah. always. Not sure if this could be a four-week thing or if they're just done for the season, but we'll just keep that in mind. Good to see him catch that touchdown after losing a fumble. As we know, some coaches tend to get kind of teed off when you have those fumbles and bench their rookies not going on with Doug Peterson and Jacksonville. So good to see that. Only other notes, uh, Zay Jones almost had a 60-yard touchdown with the perfect throw. Honestly, I thought he could have caught it kind of off his fingertips. Don't want to say a straight-up drop 
also wasn't the best throw, but coverage defender literally fell down. So this probably would have been a walk in 60 yard score. And accordingly, Zay Jones, Dwayne racked up a week high 191 unrealized air yards. So hate to see that. And also Calvin Ridley had 97 unrealized air yards. So again, all sorts of opportunity in this Jaguars offense that yes, next week, another really tough matchup against the Ravens, but man, Dwayne, Buccaneers and Panthers in week 16 and 17. Get your popcorn ready for that. Final note would just be Travis Etienne. Really, I mean, his workload did move in a positive direction. 77% of the snaps, 18 combined carries and targets. Managed to punch in a short touchdown. And yeah, you know, three of his four catches and 35 of the 37 receiving yards came in straight up garbage time at the end versus a prevent defense. But you know what, Dwayne? Those are the types of opportunities you get when you're good enough to be your team's pass down back. So Etienne, even if we moved him a little bit closer to that RB1, borderline than past weeks still very much someone we are thrilled to have in our lineups each and every week out moving right along we had the buccaneers take down the falcons 29 to 25 let's bake buccaneers country covering as one and a half point dogs the overcashed with ease out of lowly 41. Dwayne, this is like the first time all season Bakers actually have one of his fourth quarter heroic moments like stick. In week seven, game-tying field goal against the Falcons, and then they drove down and kicked the game-winning field goal. In week eight, he had the Hail Mary go directly past Chris Godwin against the Bills. Week nine, go-ahead touchdown with 49 seconds left against the Texans. CJ Stroud said, hold my beer. Week 11, he had two fourth quarter touchdown drops on separate drives against the 49ers. But finally, Dwayne, 12 plays, 75 yards, and that touchdown to get the W over the Falcons. Really nice dime to Kate Otten. I mean, Chris Goblin had a 32-yarder. Like, Dwayne, fantasy aside for a second, do you think Baker can be, like, just a low-level stopgate, you know, Geno Smith sort of starter here for a while? I think he's a top 30 quarterback in the world. I don't think he's top 20, but top 30, sure. Yeah, I think he's top 30. Uh, I mean, if, if, if you need a bridge guy, I think he can yeah. do that. I mean – it was his best fantasy performance that we've seen since week eight, even though he only, he only had 144 yards passing. He came up with 20.1 fantasy points a day. You know, obviously he's doing a little bit more on the ground here lately. And, and look, he is a guy that's capable of going out there and you know that he's at least going to put everything on the field for your team. He has so much irrational confidence, Dwayne. When he's scrambling, he thinks he runs a four, three every time he does. He does. And he's, and he has that fire that all the guys like. So I I do think he's a guy that's going to stick around in the league, you know, for a long time. You're better off with him not being your starting quarterback, but Hey, so far until today, like he's just been fine because he's been enough to get us there with Mike. Evans and it's just this is the first time we haven't seen that and I'll just hit that really quickly nothing changed with Mike Evans it just you know it just wasn't his day you know he just didn't come through with it all so it was really more about Chris Godwin today and even though he did not come through with many fantasy points either only 10.3 but man 1.8 for Evans we've just gotten so used used to those 25 to 30 point outbursts from Evans over the last several games so I do think those things will come back he still had his targets he was out there plenty uh 25 percent of the team's air yards it was a Chris Godwin day though he had 11 targets 38 percent target share and then next in line was Kate Otten tied in at 17%. He was out there most of the time, but really the other star of the game was really just Rashad White from a perspective of the Bucks. He was involved in the passing game, and he just did his normal thing, Ian, handling all the rushing attempts for the most part, and then he had the long reception for a touchdown. 
Rashad White now last eight games, RB 12, and then a 10th place finish first, 10th, 12th, 18th, 10th. And then after today, likely another top five finish. So truly guys, eight straight weeks of just absolute goodness for Rashad White. But great to finally see RB1 utilization turn into RB1 production. Funny how that can work sometimes, Dwayne. But yeah, 15 touches in all but one game this season. And honestly, could have been even bigger. Dwayne mentioned that short Baker Mayfield rushing touchdown came after Rashad White got them down to the one yard line in the first place. So sadly, uh, Mike Evans, fantasy managers, the day was really close to being a bit bigger. Still wouldn't have been great, but he did have about a 20 yard touchdown. Caught it. First foot down, was going out of bounds, put his hand down out of bounds, and then his second foot came down inbounds. So got the two feet in, put the hand out, though, in between. A truly sheeshful moment there in the end zone. Only other note I had on Tampa was that Chris Godwin, 120 unrealized air yards. So, again, Dwayne, not the days we were hoping for with these Buccaneers wide receivers, but certainly still getting plenty of opportunity from one Baker Mayfield. On the other side of the ball, we did get, you know, some solid production from Desmond Ritter. He ran for his fifth rushing touchdown of the year. He's now tied with Lamar Jackson and Sam Howe for third in that category on the season. Also threw for 347 yards. So wasn't perfect. I mean, he had a horrific miss to B. John Robinson on like their first or second drive. That should have been an easy two-yard touchdown, ultimately forced them to settle for a field goal. But man, Dwayne, we haven't been asking for that much from Desmond Ritter. All we really want him to do is throw the ball in the general vicinity of Drake London and Kyle Pitt. And guess what? He finally did that today. 172 yards from Drake London. Had three or four contested catches that were just incredible. And it goes to show you, Dwayne, like, do you think Drake London could be next year's Garrett Wilson? I know they're the same year and everything, but just the wide receiver three. God forbid we can get a real, a true quarterback upgrade. Not saying it has to be Aaron Rodgers, but what if it was like a healthy Kirk Cousins? Like if a healthy Kirk Cousins goes to the Falcons, would you immediately be cool with making Drake London a top 12 wide receiver? I mean, I think he's definitely got it in him. Like, these are the kind of games we know we can get. Um, and this is what the underlying data has told us now, you know, through all of last year as a rookie in the games that he played and then this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely possible for London to do that. You always have to worry about Arthur Smith, though. Like, no matter what quarterback he gets, will he just stick with the run game? Um, we don't know. We don't know for sure. But the underlying data is really strong, Ian, to your point today. You know, you already talked about the yards and everything, but a 28% target share. I mean, just listen to this guy. I mean, over the course of the season, it's been good. The week before that was a 20% target share. But in week, in week 12, it was 35%. He had a 21%, a 21%, 30%, 27%, 24%. So we know the guy can earn targets. We know he can make, you know, I don't, I don't think he's as much of a big play threat as we have with Garrett Wilson. I don't think sure. he's going to get you with the long ball. But he is a bigger receiver that might be a better weapon inside the five-yard line, inside the 10-yard line on those targets to the end zone. So I do think there are better days coming for Drake London. I, I think Christian, you know, looking at – uh a guy like uh, Christian Christian Kirk having Christian Kirk as a quarterback, <laughs> Kirk Cousins uh, as the quarterback, like that that would be like perfect, man. Yeah. Like honestly, like I think he would definitely pepper this guy with targets as long as Arthur Smith just decided, okay, we've got these weapons, we're going to throw the ball. Again, that was the most productive game of his career. He now has three 100-plus yard games naturally. Hasn't scored a touchdown in any of those games because, you know, we can't have too many good things in this Falcons offense going right for the fantasy managers. I mean, come on now. But, yeah, guys, again, overall – NFL high, 15 contested catches on the season, but it's come on like 27 targets, Dwayne, because I know we were talking about Christian Watson and um, there's someone else last year that just really had, you know, almost like an unreplicable uh, 
rate of contested catches they were coming down with. Not the case of Drake London, just showing that he can be a badass in those 50-50 situations, making them more 60-40, if you will, when they're in his area. Cal Pitts scored a touchdown on American soil for a brief moment in time, Dwayne, a good 45 minutes there. He had as many touchdowns as Jimmy Graham in the year 2023. Sadly, Jimmy Graham, not sadly, it's kind of awesome when Jimmy Graham scores these days, but Jimmy Graham back up on the leaderboard. But kudos to you, Dwayne. I know you wrote up uh, Kyle Pitts. You actually had your bold call on our questions pod that he would go for over 100 and a touchdown. Didn't yeah, quite get, get there. there, there was, yeah, whatever, <laughs> man. You Hey, you want to talk about bold predictions never going exactly your way, man. You take those many victories when you can get them. <laughs> yeah, and it was nice to see with Pitts again. The second week in a row, we had him over a 90% route participation. So we saw the first two games of the season, we had that. Then it totally went away, and it was all about Jonu Smith. And now for the last two games, we've got it back again. So we never know for sure what will happen with Arthur Smith, but this is a positive thing for Pitts. If he's going to be out there 80% plus route participation, then that means that we can leave him in that low end tight end one conversation because, you know, he can come through with these big type of plays. And we still haven't seen Kyle Pitts's like biggest game that we're ever going to see. And like he, he's, he's still so due for a monster game just because he gets all these targets down the field. We know that he can run after the catch. We know he can catch these touchdowns and you would hope like in a game like this, where Ritter finally blows up that we would get it from Pitts, but it's tough. Like you said, when Drake London's going off for, you know, 172 yards, you just have to give hat tip to London, but it is really nice for Pitts two weeks in a row, 93% route participation. Still only 23 years of age. My mans can't even read an RV for another two years, Dwayne. Yes, I do agree with you. I think he will have some bigger days, just maybe not with Arthur Smith or Desmond Ritter as involved as they have been. Anything on Bijan? Again, he got, you know, a decent enough day. Ended up getting the rushing touchdown and, again, should have had that receiving touchdown. But 77% snaps, Dwayne. Not the complete, you know, end-all, be-all, one workhorse running back. Still someone that we're going to be ranking inside the top 10, if not the top five here moving yeah, only 39% of the attempts today, so that came to a total of 10, but still very active in the passing game with seven. So we kind of talked about his new role and how he's getting that 22 to 23 opportunities per game. I think this is basically his floor now. Uh, you, have an, you have a week where he only has 17 opportunities, but the nice thing is, even though he wasn't super involved on the ground, he still led the team. That was the most rushing attempts on the team, but they had Tyler Algier out there at the end of the game. Cordell Patterson got a little bit of work, but it is really nice to see that they consistently continue to get him the work in, in the passing game. And that's really, that kept him in the range, right? I mean, it's fine. 17 opportunities. If that's your low end now, you're going to be fine. So Bijan, yeah, still in really good shape. And, you know, I mean, he scored 19.8 fantasy points for you today. So you were fine. Moving right along, we had the Bears take down the Lions 28 to 13. Bears did cover as three point dogs. Obviously, the under cash here at 44 and a half. Detroit just could not get anything going in that second half. They were up 13 10 after 30 minutes of football, but one punt after another in those final 30 minutes. So don't look now, everyone, but Justin Fields' last five healthy games, the Bears have scored 28. 40, 26, yeah, one down week with 12, but today, 28 points again, so not too shabby, and just the passing numbers, Dwayne, like, okay, Justin Fields is not a top five, not a top 10 passing efficiency quarterback, guess what, guys that can run as well as him, none of them are, 
On the season, man, among 42 quarterbacks, 16th in yards per attempt, 17th in adjusted completion rate. I mean, 16th in passer rating. And yeah, DJ Moore is the man, but there are other NFL offenses that do employ more than one really good pass game option. You know, that is legal in the year 2023. So I don't even necessarily blame the Bears if they want to do a new direction, if they have the number one overall pick and they just think Caleb Williams is the better prospect. Okay, fine. You want to bring in a new coach, new quarterback and all that. But I would be shocked, Dwayne, if Justin Fields is not a starting quarterback somewhere next year and based on what we've seen for these three years and let's face it one of the worst situations we could imagine like that's just been the case sorry bears fans you guys know it better than me cleveland chicago washington if you're a quarterback there that's one of the worst situations in the nfl and it's been that way for the last freaking century more or less I feel like Justin Fields, Dwayne, even if it's not going to be in Chicago, should be that perennial QB1 in fantasy land because we have finally seen his passing this year get to an acceptable level. Yeah, I, I think Fields has done enough that you have to be at least intrigued with him as a passer. And to your point, like it's still not a loaded offense. We've got DJ Moore, and those two have, have definitely shown oh, a yeah. connection. I know you got some good stuff here, but he had a 32% target share today. Um, he had six catches, 68 yards with a receiving touchdown. Also, took in a carry for yeah. a rushing touchdown. Cool so, and on, and honestly, like he's a guy that when you see him, Ian, especially in this uniform, I, I don't know something about the bears uniform. <laughs> like he just, he looks so thick. Like he looks like a guy that could do more of that. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I hate saying the word Debo because Debo's so special at doing those things he does. But DJ Moore is a guy that like, you know, you get the ball into his hands, good things happen. Him, AJ Brown, they, they all kind of have that going for him. Uh, Cole Komet, another nice day, you know, and, and pretty much when Justin Fields has been, really kicking it like besides early early in the year like Komet's also had some nice days so it hasn't all been DJ Moore but it's so easy Ian when you look at DJ Moore and you look at how many yards he's averaging fantasy points per game it was, he was averaging 22 fantasy points per game with fields coming in Ooh. he scored 26.8 today so that number's going up I mean, dude, he had to go through five games with Tyson Badgen, and unfortunately, I didn't have over even 60 receiving yards in any of those games. Whoever that anonymous source was, like, when you say something as dumb as, you know, the Bears needing to stick with T-Bag over Justin Fields, like, there should be some sort of just, like, meter where it's just like, yeah, all right, you said that anonymously, but it was too dumb. Like, we have to tell everyone who you were at this point. So, but yes, DJ Moore now, career high, eight touchdowns 1074 receiving yards already Dwayne at this point in time only Tyree Keenan CeeDee Lamb AJB Puka Nakua of course and Jamar Chase have more receiving yards so career high mark is 1193 I mean the way he's going with fields he could breeze by past that by week 15 so absolute king shit from DJ Moore he has been freed Dwayne it happened DJ Moore's freed hell yeah DJ Moore is free yeah yeah. Gotta love that. 14th in yards per route run. Everything's going fine in Chicago, except the backfield, Dwayne. They did not ride the hot hand. They didn't even want to see if Roshan Johnson <laughs> hot, had a hot hand. For all they know, Roshan Johnson has the hottest hands, but they just didn't feel like finding out. So Deontay Foreman show, Dwayne. Talk through it, because we saw all three of these running backs together in, what was it, week 12? It was pretty split. Foreman got hurt. Okay, he was out of the picture. Week 13, it's Roshan's backfield. There was a bye week in between there, so I'm off by a week. But Roshan, before the bye, was like 74% snaps. Post-bye bump. It looked like it was there to have, Dwayne. It was not had. Yeah, it wasn't there. I mean, unfortunately, it it, it is what it is. Um but it was Deonta Foreman, 39% of the rushing attempts for the team. Justin Fields had 36%. 
Then you had DJ Moore getting, uh, well, DJ Moore had three carries. I thought he had two. Yeah, he had three carries <laughs> for 20 yards. So he had 11%. Then Khalil Herbert had 11%. He had three carries and Roshan had one. So it really was, to your point, around Deontay Foreman and Justin Fields. And, and we've seen these games where Fields get so, so involved in the design run game that the, like, third guy gets squeezed and so that's kind of what happened in this game uh you still saw Roshan coming out and getting a little bit of the passing down work but it wasn't like it was all of it he had he was right around 20 percent route participation whereas Deonta Foreman was at 40 percent Khalil Herbert at 20 percent so it's just kind of gross it's a three-way committee with a quarterback that wants to run as well at this point it looks like Foreman is going to be the early down back the rest of the way, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a situation that's really hard to trust, but that's what it looks like right now. I don't think we're going to have any of these guys ranked inside the top 30. Nah, next week. It's, it's Dante tough. Foreman will be the top ranked guy after this, but yeah, I'm not going to be recommending any of them and a majority of fantasy start sick questions, but yeah, as Ben in the comments said, I mean, good week to be a bears fan. They won three games last year, six games before that. They're already up to five this year. I know we're not talking about a playoff run or anything like that, but Hey, winning some football games, life could be worse. Bear down. Over with the Lions, Dwayne, just a, uh, you know, bit of a disappointing performance here. Coming off, you know, we had the Thanksgiving game, didn't go that well. I don't want to say that the Lions are struggling. I mean, I did kind of think that maybe it was, you know, a steeper struggle they've been going through. But again, since the bye week, 41 points against the Chargers, 31 against the Bears, 22-33, and then finally this 13-point dud. So we actually haven't seen, like, any sort of, like, extended, you know, struggle from Jared Goff and company. And even when I did try looking at some of the pressure numbers before buying, and after buy, I mean, we're talking about a difference of only 5%. So things have fallen off, but man, it just felt like more of a bad day than anything, Dwayne. I mean, two uncharacteristic picks by Jared Goff. We also had Graham Glasgow lose a fumble. I think that was just actually on an exchange, a snap exchange with uh, Jared Goff. But overall thoughts on this, because again, really bad game from the entire offense. I mean, we don't see Goff throw for 161 against the Bears. I'm most inclined to chalk it up to a bad day and just continue starting Gibbs, Montgomery, Sun God, and Sam Laporta as the beasts they've been almost every other week of the season. Yeah, I don't think there's anything we're doing in fantasy. Like all all the playmakers had their typical roles. It just was a bad game, to your point, for Goff. And this happens to him sometimes uh, as it gets cold outside and he has to play outdoors. I know there's a decent track record there with uh, some struggles for Goff. It's not like it happens all the time, but uh, I think his worst game ever came uh on this field whenever yeah, he was uh, with game. the rams they solved yeah, them so, not lost in the super bowl pretty much yeah that yeah that was the year where it was like okay this is what you do against this uh yep. against the rams offense so yeah I, I would just chalk it up to like look we're moving forward you're going to be starting all of your lions players you're really excited that you drafted them amon ross st brown sam laporta jameer gibbs all those guys still did their thing today uh it was a it was a jameer gibbs game script uh today so we had him actually dominate as far as the snaps go. He had 64%. David Montgomery had 35%, but it makes sense because the Lions found themselves in a trailing script. Last week, the Lions got out to that lead against the Saints, and who led the way? David Montgomery. So it really does come down to how these game scripts are playing out, but David Montgomery still managed to get 10 carries for 66 yards. He just didn't get that rushing touchdown, and we've talked about that, Ian being a situation where when he doesn't score the rushing touchdown with the way things are working now, it is going to hurt, but it wasn't too bad. You still got 11.5 points out of him and Jameer Gibbs gave you 17.2 and just continues to freaking look great. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, David yeah. Montgomery looks good, but Jameer Gibbs, like, man, like every every game, there's a player or two that I'm just like, wow, like this guy is just he's he's got that electricity that you're looking for. So I can't wait to see what the future holds for Jameer Gibbs. And you also figured out, Dwayne, if you don't let the offense get inside the five yard line, they can't pull you off the field. So he just went <laughs> you ahead get and your rushing you know, touchdown. scored his rushing <laughs> touchdown from 11 yards out. How about that uh, for your science? But yes, on the season, Gibbs 5.4 yards per carry, Montgomery 4.8. I realize Montgomery is the one facing the heavier box and everything like that. But you know what? Like that's the, that's the one argument, though, Dwayne, where it's like, Okay, like Zeke versus Pollard for years. Like, oh, Zeke was facing the heavier boxes. Like, yeah, but also, don't you kind of want the running back that forces the defense to play a lighter box in the first place? That's always a part of that argument that kind of has gotten my head in a pretzel sometimes. But regardless, yes, our one true sun god did let us down. But guess what, guys? Literally the first letdown of the year, his first game without either a touchdown or at least 95 receiving yards. And, hey, when this happens, though, we can't just say the offense completely sucked. Got to give a little bit of credit to this Bears defense. They have now allowed just 13 and 10 points over the last two weeks. They got the Browns, the Cardinals, the Falcons up next. Dwayne, this Bears team could, they could be flirting to 500 by the end of it. Fields and company keep scoring like this. Defense doing their thing. There's some reasonable uh, wins game, uh, reasonable wins, man. So we'll see what happens there, but think that's about it fantasy-wise. So let's move on to another matchup. We had the Bengals take down the Colts 34-14 to since he covering us three-point favors. The overcash at 44 and a half. Dwayne, there are two quarterbacks in the NFL averaging over nine yards per attempt. One of them is MVP, maybe front runner. He's in the conversation, Brock Purdy. The other one is Jake Browning, 9.1 yards per attempt. He is first in adjusted completion rate. His passer rating is second to Brock Purdy. He also has the single lowest average target depth in the entire NFL at 5.6 yards. He has thrown a total of six passes, more than 20 yards downfield this year. He has only completed two of them. Jake Browning's numbers, I like what everyone thinks Brock Purdy's numbers are because Purdy actually is throwing downfield. The 49ers are ridiculous. You saw it today, you know, hitting Debo deep and everything. He has been doing that all year. Now you can talk about the play design, getting them open enough and that, but as much as this is great. And guess what? All these numbers count the same in fantasy land style points don't count. We've been over that, but just again, Dwayne, when we have Jake Browning putting up top five numbers, I do think it's important to recognize that while also noting, I don't think this is the stickiest uh, quarterback elite performance we've ever seen. No, this feels like Mike White a couple of years yes, ago for me job. with with the Jets, you know, where he just came out and had those back to back games uh, where he came through big for fantasy managers. And, and to your point, like we're not taking anything away from Browning. Like he's come out here. He's executed the game plan they've given him. The coaching staff has clearly wanted to get the running backs very involved in the passing game. And Mixon had some nice plays today. Uh, Brown. Oh, my God. Like Chase Brown, like had a great play where he caught a screen pass that he Speed, took all the way. Baby. All the way to the house. Uh, we saw his brother Sidney Brown playing a little bit today against the Cowboys at safety. Ooh. Not as good of a day for Sidney, but Chase Brown <laughs> did have a good game. Um, continues to now look like the number two back in the offense, Ian, behind uh, an older veteran that's got a lot of mileage. Uh, mm. You know, mm. if something happened to Mixon, like we'd be pretty excited about Chase Brown because we at least know Jake Browning can make the offense functional. I think you and I are both saying don't continue to to think Jake that Browning is gonna have these sort of games right. every week, but at least the offense can be functional. So Chase Brown had 30% of the snaps this week, 25% of the rushing attempts, and he had a 30% 
uh, route participation number. And obviously one of those receptions that he had went for that long touchdown. So they're, they're really trying to get him engaged in the game plan more and more. And uh, who knows chase Brown, like would it, would we be surprised if next year he's a guy that we're talking about for the Bengals because Joe Mixon could be gone. Yeah. Jake Browning, master of screens, Dwayne, you just got to throw the ball the right way to set up those uh, blocks and, you know, get chase Brown going sometimes <laughs> a 54 yard touchdown hit a top speed of 22.05 miles per hour. The second fastest time of the season per, per next gen stats only behind that uh, slant that DK Metcalf took to the house against the Cowboys, but dolphins reign of terror on the next gen stats. Fastest ball carriers leader leaderboard is over. Finally, Dwayne, we got DK Metcalf and chase Brown finally set on top of that so yeah again chase brown had the 54 yard catch joe mixon also had a 45 yard catch on a screen and run i will give browning some credit he had a real nice kind of flag route throw to t higgins for a big game so good to see higgins back up there with 72 yards had originally a short fade touchdown caught sadly yeah. they rightfully called him for offensive pass interference because yeah you know he shoved the guy before the ball came so can't do that but uh Dwayne, i do think we could see bigger and better days for t higgins he's out there all the time it's not like earlier in the season where, no, sadly, like these things weren't going right. He was kind of playing banged up. We were seeing this 50, 60% route rate. The problem is, Dwayne, as we saw with Jamar Chase today, as we saw with pretty much every receiver that wasn't able to break off a huge gain on a screen, when not a single player on the Bengals has more than four total targets, kind of hard to rack up a lot of fancy points. Yeah, and I mean, it was just really spread out today. And these games will just happen. Yet you, you had four targets to Chase, four targets to Higgins. Boyd had three targets. Mixon, four targets, a second game in a row where Mixon's been more involved in the past game, um, something that we saw from him last year. So even though Chase Brown's picking up a little bit of work and Mixon's not getting that 75, 80% snap share that we saw sometimes earlier in the season, he's more involved in the passing game. 29% targets per route run uh, this weekend. And we saw a really good receiving game from him, you know, or more involvement in the receiving game last weekend as well. So Funny enough, it's weird how these things happen, but like since Joe Burrows left the offense, it's actually been an upgrade for Joe Mixon. You, you would just think that overall it wouldn't be, but because the ceiling of the offense has not come down yet, they're scoring all these points, and he's more involved in the passing game. Obviously, I don't think they'll continue to score all these points, but I do think there's a chance, Ian, that Mixon continues to have more value without Burrow just because they're more willing to run the ball and because he's involved in the pass game. And with that low ADOT, that's exactly what you're talking yep. about. We're seeing him go more Joe Mixon instead of Jamar Chase. Not all that great, but you know what? Chase, huge game last week. Again, he, yeah, he fed stuff. Chase last week. So yeah. it's hard to it's hard to say. And just, you know, like for the guys that play outside, they're still targeting them down the field. Like Jamar yeah. Chase had an 11.8 ADOT uh, today. T. Higgins had a 16.5. It's just to your point. When he throws outside of those guys, he's going downfield, but yeah. more of his passes are targeting the underneath wide, the underneath receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. So it's not like his A dots pulling down all the players. It's just that more of the passing game is getting funneled to these underneath guys. Mixon did actually almost have a bigger day. He had two separate drives where he got stuffed at the one back-to-back -back yeah. plays. The first drive, they gave him, you know, a third try. Third try was a charm, and he scored. The second time, they gave Jake Browning another quarterback sneak. This dude is the worst quarterback sneaker in the entire NFL, but he somehow still scored two of them over these last two weeks. But, like, he just gets lit up on these QB sneaks, Dwayne. I, I'm not sure what they're doing. You know, again, I'm not a doctor. Remember that. He didn't guy. get lit up today, though, did he? I thought he just kind of, like, Stumbled it to the so left, and it was like, and it, was like it, it did look awkward, but it's yeah. like he just kind of stumbled to the left and like 
every it was wide open. He was like, "Oh, I'm going in the end zone," but it did look weird. Mixon, he got like kind of briefly, kind of stood up, and then Mixon just like shoved him across. Yeah. So either way, other, hey, yeah. they got the six points. It all counted the same. It's all good. But again, just going to show you guys that Mixon's day could have been even bigger, but he has been racking them up. Weeks one through six before their bye, zero games with at least 100 yards and just one total touchdown. But in seven games since weeks eight through 14, four games over the century mark and seven touchdowns. So, you know, similar to Rashad White, honestly, finally turning that RB1 utilization into the correspondence production on the other side of the football another dud for zach moss Dwayne. but guess what you and me are going to be sitting here again in these <laughs> chairs this week and telling everyone to once again fire him up as an rb1 because damn it it sucks this was a great matchup just we've seen running back skill since all year long it didn't happen we had a 10-yard touchdown run get nullified. I think I saw adam levitan tweet and this was like mid-game so it might even be more but i want to say levy said that he's had eight carries inside the 10 yard line over the last two weeks and he has not scored a single time with it so everything's there's everything is there Dwayne we just gotta trust the utilization and hope the season doesn't run out of time on us yeah I mean he still had the 13 rushing attempts you know today and he had eight targets so I mean he still got to that 20 opportunity threshold that we're looking for sometimes things just don't go your way he's not been as efficient the last two games is what no. we've seen from him for the rest of the season so I mean look it is what it is. He's got. He's getting the touches. We're going to continue to your point to go back to him. He had 83% of the snaps, 77% of the rushing attempts, and a 77% route participation. Like that's just, you can never bench anything like that. Like no. you've got to have it in your lineup. Just today, it was only 9.6 fantasy points. Otherwise, just, yeah, shout out Michael Pittman. Another game with eight catches. He had 95 scoreless yards. I heard him on the broadcast early on, like the defensive coordinator, and since he was like, we are not going to let Pittman get those, you know, sort of easy catches that he's gotten in these last few weeks. Yeah, you know, he got him, Dwayne. And it's like the clockwork at this point. I mean, he's already caught 95 balls. He's on pace to catch 124. He has 10 games with at least eight catches. That is not normal. The NFL record is 2019 Michael Thomas. He had 13 games with eight-plus catches. But there's only actually been six, five other instances six other instances in NFL history, 2002 Marvin Harrison senior. That's right. Marvin Harrison junior and senior are related breaking news. 2015 Julio Jones, 2005 Anquan Bolden, 2009 Wes Walker and 2021 Cooper cup. Now join Michael Pittman, Dwayne as the only guys with double digit games with at least eight catches. So PPR Maven, you know, only on pace to catch a uh, five touchdowns. So that'd be a lot cooler, but man, Dwayne, some guy that was going in the wide receiver three range. I feel like we're not talking about, Michael Pittman enough as one of the biggest steals of 2023 drafts again especially in full PPR yeah he got a big upgrade last week in the utilization report to low end wide receiver one status but he does continue to get ranked more towards that low end to mid-range wide receiver two range by most rankers um I think Cowards. folks are starting to to wake up like I mean look these trends kind of take time but I mean if you look at what he's done like over the last four games. So today he had 19 and a half fantasy points and week 13 against Tennessee at 27 and a half against the Bucks the week before 20.7 before that 16.4. So, I mean, he's really like, he's heated up like over yeah. these last several games, but to your point, like it's been there all season for him. I mean, he pretty much gives you at least 15 fantasy points every week. He's had a couple of duds. One of them wasn't even a dud. He gave you 10 points in week five. He gave you four and a half in week four. But other than that, 
He's been 14 points or more in every single game this season. So you've been very happy to have Michael Pittman. The, the biggest thing missing is he hadn't had a ton of these blow-up games like what he had last week at 27 and a half. But uh, we could see another one coming soon because, you know, you just mentioned it, all those catches he's getting. Targets, 12, 13, 16, and 11 over the last four games. So lots of opportunities. I will say, you know, he would have been ranked higher if we did know it was Gardner Minshew and not Anthony Richardson under center, just based on yeah. the, you know, play style and everything like that. But guess what? Remainder of 2023, that's not changing, nor is Michael Pittman's status as a weekly top 15, if not top 12 wide receiver at the position. All right, guys, A, not AFC, NFC South matchup here. The Saints took down the Panthers 28-6 to in truly just an ugly, sad excuse for a football game. Saints did cover as five-and-a-half-point favorites. The undercash here at 38-and-a-half. Alvin Kamara, negative 11 receiving yards, fewest since Miles Sanders had negative 13 in week 15 of last season. Also, congrats to Chris Olave. Now has an NFL high, 1,093 not real yards, unrealized air yards. And yes, nobody else has even crossed 900. Dwayne, any guesses on second place in unrealized air yards this year? Hint, unrealized. it's another Ohio State wide receiver. Oh, it's another Ohio State? Is it? It's not Terry McLaurin. It's Garrett Wilson at 854. God, that was so, that was such a softball. Just I can't believe I missed that. Better, just watch it. <laughs> Seriously. But again, so just sadness really for the Saints offense. I mean, look, Kamara did manage to punch a touchdown across, but in a week where there's no Taysom Hill, I just know expectations were a lot higher. And seeing that receiving total is just ridiculous. I mean, Derek Carr threw for 119 yards. Bryce Young on the other sideline threw for 137 by going 13 for 36. This game was a mess, Dwayne. We had Derek Carr yelling at offensive linemen, and then the offensive linemen getting right back into Derek Carr's face. And, man, if you lose that trust of the offensive line, it's one thing to be barking with your, you know, potentially diva wide receiver from time to time. Once the offensive line starts yelling at the quarterback, Dwayne, just give us Jameis already. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was rough. But, you know, Carr's playing through injury. A lot of these quarterbacks, like Trevor Lawrence, you just have to yeah. give him credit battling through. Carr, I guess. It, multiple times this year like that he's had to battle through these things. Now we'd rather him not because we would just like Jameis to be out there because we get more fantasy points from all these guys. Um, the biggest thing that I would say that is news for, you know, looking at uh, mm -hmm. the saints today is the fact that Jamal Williams had 11 rushing attempts. So he really took over all that work that was left behind by Taysom Hill. It wasn't Alvin Kamara gobbling it all up they kind of kept him in that same role he had 52 percent of the rushing attempts today did Kamara and that's really where he's been for the last several games so they're they're just not really choosing to push him much past that they, we had a couple of games early on where they were willing to do that but if you listen to these games like since week nine 35 percent of the rushing attempts 60 percent 56 percent 40 percent and then you had 52 percent today so I think expecting them to give Kamara anything more than like 55% or so of the rushing attempts, we're probably just kind of kidding ourselves. It's either going to be Taysom mixing in or it's going to be Jamal Williams. They have someone else that they're going to get involved. And you mentioned it. He just got a little bit unlucky today. Like the targets and stuff were still coming, but it was just the negative receiving yards. Obviously, the Panthers were very geared up to say, Okay, you've got an injured Derek Carr. What's he going to try to do? They don't have these other weapons. They they centered their game plan around stopping Kamara in the passing game. 
This is a good note, playing through all kinds of pain. There's been three times this year, Dwayne, where I thought he was set to miss multiple yeah. weeks, and he has managed to get through it. So I know he's a great guy. I, I remember shouting him out last year, like when we were just talking. He got asked about John Gruden and Henry Ruggs. Terrible things his teammates did. Derek Hart, an awesome quote. He said, I hate the sin, but I love the guy. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Derek Hart, I'm sure, is a great person. But, man. He's a little edgy this year. What's funny is people yeah. used to get onto him for, like, being, like, the good, the, the do-gooder. <laughs> and now that he's got an edge to him, like, people are ripping him for that. This dude can't win either. Right. can't not win just keep throwing the ball more to chris alave man he did find him for a short <laughs> touchdown to not completely kill the day but yeah just not exactly what we were suspecting you know and what could have been a bigger matchup but he is finding jimmy graham for uh, all kinds of touchdowns so i guess we can somewhat thank him for that what did we see in the uh, tight end room without Taysom Dwayne? i know two weeks ago Jawan johnson had that 80 percent plus route rate that we dream of but sometimes you got to get jimmy graham and foster moreau going too yeah, it's not there, man. I, you know, Juwan had the drop last week early that led to the pick. He had a fumble. Um, I think he they recovered it though early. I in think this they game. ruled him down, I but think I, he, I saw he ended that up ruling though, him yeah. down. Yeah, so not good though. <laughs> yeah, forty eight percent route participation, only two targets. So you can move on from Juwan Johnson. Uh, there's no reason to keep him on your roster. Foster Moreau was out there forty four percent. We know that once Taysom Hill's back, he's doing his thing. Jimmy Graham had fifteen percent. And then the receiver room real quickly. It was Lynn Bowden again yeah, with Rashid Shahid really kind of taking over that role. And it's been A.T. Perry that's taken over the Michael Thomas role. Unfortunately, they've not been able to do a lot with it, Ian, because we've talked about this, like getting out there and getting routes and getting your chance to be on the field is one thing, but then earning targets on top of that is another. Now, Bowden was pretty solid today. I mean, 18% target share, 23% went to Chris Olave. And Camara had 23%. So he was second on the team behind the two guys that were tied for first. Um, not a deep dot guy. He's a guy that uses around the line of scrimmage, try to get him run after the catch. But uh, A.T. Perry, he had a 78% route participation, but another bad outing, only 5% target share for Perry. By the way, I'm holding out my truther card for Limbo. And I don't think it's over just yet, Dwayne. College quarterback just taking him a little bit extra time at the NFL level. Just, just wait till he lands on the Patriots and we'll be He already there. has, sadly. I know he has, but he's going to go back. <laughs> He's got to go back. <laughs> Wait go for back the second slot around. receiver. <laughs> <laughs> On the uh, Panthers side of the ball, yeah, it wasn't pretty, guys. I mean, hell, they have not scored over 20 points since week six. And just as you know, this is your guys' weekly reminder that Andy Dalton, by some grace of God, threw for 361 yards and two touchdowns in this very same offense. So as a team, 5.4 yards per attempt. That was a full point four lower than the 31st place Browns. Dead last of pretty much any other advanced patching metric you want to look at. So, you know, again, I – I watch these games. I realize there's not much separation. I realize the offensive line isn't usually doing Bryce Young that many favors, but I also see Bryce Young missing a wide-ass open Jonathan Mango for what should have been a 45-yard touchdown. And again, Dwayne, I'm not going to pretend like I know a damn thing about quarterback fundamentals, but it is a little curious that Bryce Young seems to be the only one jumping up and down every other you know millisecond in the pocket out there. So I don't know. I don't think one thing needs to be fixed in Carolina. I think a million things need to be fixed, and I don't think they're going to be fixed at any time time soon in uh you know this season so maybe for 2024 we will address that then because right now man i mean adam Thielen, i guess finally got that going a little bit five catches 74 yards but five catches 74 yards a month or two ago Dwayne would have been like oh damn that's it Thielen. now it's like oh thank god you're not completely useless. <laughs> yeah only 12.4 fantasy points today uh and he was second on the team again it was mingo leading the team in targets uh 28% target share. Mingo, since week 10, 
in every week a 20% target share or higher. 21, 23, 25, 39, 28. Hasn't all come to fruition from a fantasy point perspective, but if you're a dynasty manager and you've got Jonathan Mingo on your team, it's looking pretty good, man. This guy's he's he's doing his part. Like they're they're not connecting on all these plays, but Bryce Young, still a young quarterback. We have to think that he's going to take a step forward next year. They can put some more weapons around him. Maybe Mingo does have something because it's it's not something he was doing early in the season. And so it's nice to see this five game stretch for him. And maybe, maybe in DFS or you know, something like that, we get uh, a usable game out of Mingo at some point here in the future because he's also just continuing to lead the team in air yards 37% today. Now up to an NFL high, 76 targets without a touchdown. Hey, Dwight and I saw the same play you guys did a couple weeks ago when he tries to catch the ball on the sideline, somehow so throws wild. his feet out of bounds. It was maybe the worst attempt at a catch I've seen an NFL player make in the regular season, maybe in the preseason. Like, I realized that, guys, as bad as that play was, I would just encourage you not to completely write the guy off for the rest of his career. To Dwayne's point, still certainly getting all these targets. And guess what? Bad players usually don't earn these targets as Professor McFarland has preached to us over the years. So, no, for the love of God, don't start him for the rest of this year. But to Dwayne's point, Dynasty Land, hey, we're looking at 2024. Big time upgrades have been made, and he's still sitting there as a starting receiver. Maybe just maybe the price will be right then. Otherwise, Dwayne, I think the only other talk is a little bit about this backfield. Miles Sanders, man, actually had a sick 48 yard run. The announcer actually afterwards said it was probably Sanders' single best play as a Panther. I agree. He made multiple dudes miss. I would even go as far as say this was better than any play made with the Eagles last year. I know Philly fans know what I was talking about. Go through his highlights. It's a bunch of big read option induced holes that, you know, he was fast enough to go through and make some plays, but awesome run down to the one yard line. Then he got stuffed. Then the drive stalled. So sadly, you know, a sheesh in there towards the end of it, because of course the Panthers couldn't score a touchdown out here today. Come on. But it seems like Dwayne, despite that big play, maybe gotten a few extra touches, but Chuba Hubbard still very much the feature back in Carolina to the point where are you starting to feel good about trusting this moving forward? Because, you know, 20 plus touches, as we saw with the uh, one Ezekiel Elliott on Thursday night, you can uh, go a long way with it, a long way with it occasionally. Yeah, I mean, it's the Panthers, but it's a low-end running back, too, when you're going to get that many carries. And this is the second game now without Frank Reich, and we've seen really the same role for Chuba Hubbard. He's had 70, He had 76% of the snaps today, 59% of the rushing attempts. And you mentioned that they came out to 23 carries, 56% route participation. So Miles Sanders did come through on that big play, looked a little better, but just wasn't that involved. Only a 22% snap share, 26% of the rushing attempts, and 12% route participation. So really, Hubbard is leading in all categories. It's not even like Miles Sanders has a specialized role. It's basically, yeah, Hubbard just carried the ball for three series in a row. Miles, go out there and give him a breather. Like, that's really, that's all that's happening at this point. So I do think we can depend on Chuba Hubbard from a standpoint of the role he has. Trusting him for fantasy points, uh, you know, that's a little bit trickier just because it is the Panthers. But uh, that that's what makes him a low-end running back, too, instead of with this role being a guy we're talking about as a running back one. You do, you do see on some of these terrible offenses, though. I mean, again, the Panthers just lost this game 28 to 6, and the Saints scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, but still wasn't particularly, you know, be, being viewed as that close of a game. And to still find a way to get Chuba 23 carries in that sort of game script. Yeah, upcoming matchups. Their, the Debo, their DBOE is completely, we talked about this last week. Yeah. Sorry to cut you, but you're good. Like, you're good. 
their, their drop back rate over expectation is completely tanked over the last five games. They're basically trying to run the clock out on the season. <laughs> They're just ready for it to be over, man. So I just hand it to Chuba. Like, <laughs> well, no, that's, God, that's not a play. No, just hand it to him. We don't know what play it is. Just tell the guys in front to block and turn around and hand it to him. We got to get on the bus. So as much as I look at these last three matchups against the Falcons, Packers, and Jaguars, yeah, I think they probably lose all three of those games by a lot. You know, shocker, everyone. It's what the lines are going to tell us. I still do think Chuba's probably going to get that low-end RB2 volume. So good stuff there if you did go ahead and trust him. I mean, he even suffered a leg injury out there today, Dwayne. I didn't see it, but there was some concern on Twitter. Still wound up with a 76% snap rate. So keep an eye on the injury report, but certainly didn't seem to really limit him at all today. Moving on, the Jets took down the Texans in game one, proving that weather can matter in fantasy football, but another game just said to tell us to go F off with that idea. But in all seriousness, Jets covered and, you know, obviously one uh, plus three point dogs coming in this one. The over did cash at 33 and a half. So the entire first half was a disgrace. It was 0-0. There were 11 straight punts before, you know, we just went into half. So it really wasn't anything to write home about there. But hey, man, credit to Zach Wilson for coming out. I mean, I saw the uh, ESPN uh article quote where zach just said hey can't get any worse i'm just go out there and play i already got benched you know let's go out there and do it so zach wilson going out there and 18 for 22 209 yards and two touchdowns in the second half still took four sacks on the day but hey man actually went out there and had a good game this was probably his best game of the season if you just look at the numbers if you want to say it was the chiefs game because the competition i'm cool with that but early uh pff grades do have this tied with his chiefs game so season best 8.1 yards per attempt 114.8 passer rating you know, is he going to re- replicate it next week, Dwayne? Probably not, but kudos to the guy. Texas isn't a terrible, aren't a terrible defense either. You know, excluding the game week 11 where he got benched, you know, here are his last four games, passing yardage, 240, 263, 263, and 301. We can live with that Yeah, for Garrett Wilson. This, we're talking fantasy. We're not talking about the future of the Jets <laughs> franchise. We're just talking about, can. let's be honest, we're talking about can you support Garrett Wilson? And guess what? That's our bar. You can support Garrett Wilson on that kind of yardage. You can support like some big Garrett Wilson games on those kind of yards. Like early in the year, I mean, we got 140, 170, 157, 199, 245, 186. So he's really, in a way, I mean, turned it on over these last several games. It's not like he's throwing, you know, you know, four or five touchdowns a game, but he threw two today without a pick. So Hey, let's just keep the guy playing carefree. And for fantasy purposes, if he can be somewhere between 225 and 250 yards passing, then Garrett Wilson's very usable. I mean, we saw Zach get benched in that Bills game. And from those three weeks on, Garrett only had nine yards, 44 yards and 50 yards. Before that, though, man, he had four straight games with at least 12 targets, 90, 180, 93. Ian, how many touchdowns did he score in those games? Yeah, zero. I get it. Again, we have, you know, (laughs) expectations. This is all relative to what we're dealing with here. But, yeah, man, being able to get Garrett nine catches, 108 yards on the day. Love seeing that from Zach. Also getting one Brees Hall plenty of work through the air. And thank God, Dwayne, because Lord knows Brees has been struggle-bussing on the ground this year. But he caught eight of his nine targets for 86 yards and a touchdown. And this shocked me, man. I love looking up and seeing like what running backs have the most just pure receiving production. And I thought Brees Hall might be in the top five. Yeah, he's not only the top five, though. 
only Christian McCaffrey this season has more fantasy points from purely receiving production than Brees Hall. CMC has 52 catches for 437 yards and five touchdowns. Brees, 52 catches, 435 yards, and yeah, three touchdowns. He plays for the freaking Jets. But man, Dwayne, good to see from Brees coming off a week where, honestly, multiple weeks where it's been a hamstring, it's been an ankle. I wouldn't be shocked if we sit here on one of these Sundays and just go, ah, shit, he's banged up. They just said full-blown three RB committee. Let's just get him healthy. He's still getting the sort of utilization that, no, not getting a ton of scoring opportunities. But, man, Dwayne, like I saw the consensus ranks. He was a low, low-end RB2 this week. I think we can feel a little bit safer about maybe approaching that top 16 again. Yeah, I think you have to feel better um, about Brees just because he can get there in the passing game, mm-hmm. to your point. And this isn't new. He was doing this last year. He also did this in college at Iowa State. So this is a skill set that we've seen from him consistently over time now. And that's, you know, that's what we're looking for for these players. Sometimes guys break out late with with these sort of things, but he's got a 16% target share on the season now. I mean, he's averaging 5.1 targets per game. And that's not me. That's without me eliminating some of these games where we know he we know he didn't even really have a role early in right. the year. You know, I mean, when I say he didn't have a role, like he didn't have a full-time role. Like that first game of the year, 32% snap share. Second game, 32% snap share. So even without going back and taking those things away, but over the last several games, Ian, his target, six, nine, eight, nine. That's elite for a running back. So you can't, even though the Jets are bad, even though he has not been as explosive as uh, what we saw early in the season, and what we saw from him last year, obviously, we don't know why. Is that just the injury? Is it the offensive line? Is it, it's, it's, it's probably a combination right, of all those things. But as long as he's getting these sort of targets, and really this offense is now just consolidated down around him and Garrett Wilson. Like, they're it. Like, Conklin, yeah, he mixes in, get a little bit. But Al Lazard, forgotten. Randall Cobb caught a touchdown today, which is just funny because he hasn't been playing at all. And these other guys that they try to get, you know, uh, involved, like Brownlee didn't play today, but but Gibson and some of these other young guys, like they just don't earn a lot of targets. So it's all about Garrett Wilson, probably going to get 10 to 12 targets a game. And I won't be surprised if Brees Hall for the rest of the season is getting somewhere between six and eight looks per game in the passing in the passing department. And if he does somehow start breaking off some of those long plays we saw earlier in the year, there's there's still some upside left here with Brees. Xavier Gibson did get a rushing score, but don't worry, everyone. I know everyone's been super caring about my sporadic 32-team league updates, and everyone's aware <laughs> that I sadly didn't pick up Gibson when I needed to. Your boy already had the first round by, so didn't even have to sweat it this week. We're on to week 15 there. Wish me luck. All right, on the other side of the ball, sadly, one of these games, Wayne, there's nothing to talk about other than the injuries. Nico Collins hurt his calf early on in this one. Could have even been the first drive or two. I saw the update before just about anything else that happened on the slate cap injury and was ruled out and then cj stroud had one of those sacks where i don't think it was a sack but he got knocked down and then sadly had the head bounce back on the turf so wasn't good i haven't seen something that says for sure he was diagnosed with a concussion as we know like last week derrick henry gets taken out for the rest of the game with a head injury monday morning comes along and they say he's not concussed and the funniest thing Dwayne, seems like all of a sudden concussion protocol becomes a you know one week same week thing in the second half of the season and the first half of the season it's always taking these guys two weeks back playoff so, race he's not missing next week he's i don't playing. think so either and he's facing, playing these coaches as they get closer to the playoffs they're like ah yeah no he's good 
He's going to play. Rub some dirt on it, CJ. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, I, they have their protocol. We'll see what happens. Hey, you guys see it. Even when a terrible quarterback is out here, you know, dealing with an injury, we get a freaking, you know, 10 updates from reporters if the guy freaking moves at practice. So we'll hear our, all about CJ Stroud this week. And guess what? Hopefully him and Nico are ready to go because while we were, you know, down the dumps with the weather this week and the matchup next week and also in week 17, they get the Tennessee Titans. I mean, Stroud's going to be probably no lower than QB6 in that matchup, assuming everything is right, Dwayne. Yeah, we're going to need Collins, though. Because, I mean, no Tank Dell and no Nico, yeah. that's a lot. I mean, Robert Woods was out there today for 82% route participation, but could only garner 11 target, 11% target, target share. You're like, 11 targets? That's good for Robert Woods. He had three targets, 11% target share. No, Brown, you know, he, he, he played okay, 19% target share. That's kind of like his ceiling. That's that's like when we get a 20% target share from Noah Brown, it's nice, but he has come through with the big plays. I know you've got some nice she stuff here on Noah here in a second. Um, but then you had Brevin Jordan because we had no Dalton Schultz. So, I mean, they're really banged up. If for some reason Schultz can't play next week and you were without Nico Collins, even against the Titans, I think we would be struggling to probably rank um, CJ Stroud inside that top six. This calf injury is something that held Nico Collins out a few weeks ago. So I, they didn't say if it was a re-aggravation, but I know the last game he missed four weeks ago or three weeks ago, yeah. it was a calf injury. So we'll have to wait and see if this is the same one and how long that's going to take to get him back. But I think there's a chance that we're not going to have him next week. Um, we did see John Mechie get a little bit more involved, 46% route participation. Obviously, someone's got to step up. Everybody's hurt here. 19% uh, target share for him. And then Xavier Hutchinson. Oh, actually, he had more routes. Than John Mechie, 70% oh. route participation, but only 11% target share. So, you know, it's pretty rough, Ian, when you look up and you're like, okay, we got Robert Woods, Noah Brown, and a Xavier Hutchinson, and hopefully Dalton Schultz. Like, we really need Collins in the mix. But, uh, hey, CJ Stroud has been really good. So if we're without Collins next week, I think Noah Brown is a guy, like, that's the guy I'm the most interested in. Obviously, if Dalton Schultz is back, like, I, I think he has a chance to lead the team in targets. I wish I could say Robert Woods. Maybe he's a DFS punt play kind of guy, but he just hasn't come through in so long for us, Ian. I just, I don't know that he has it, but he's certainly going to have a chance to run the routes. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the highest bar for Bobby Trees at this point. It's 2023. I get that. But, Dwayne, you take away Tank Dell, you take away Nico Collins. Yeah. I would like to see something other than negative receiving yards out there. Is that too much <laughs> to ask? I mean, negative two yards on the day, Robert. Come on, man. But, yes, life will be a little bit smoother against the Titans. So make sure you keep an eye out on that. Dwayne mentioned the Noah Brown Ashishas. He did drop a week high three passes and had 119 unrealized air yards, eighth most on the week. Did draw an end zone DPI to set them up at the one yard line but you know that would be the end of the day on that drive Dwayne we actually saw Devin Singletary punch across a touchdown it's kind of like Carolina man like we've seen Devin Singletary have this lead role but then we all of a sudden get another example another data point of Damian Pierce turning things back into you know this 1A 1B situation unless we forget there's always the risk for Dario Gumbawale or even Mike Boone depending on the week to come in and steal pass down so yeah man on the surface I love seeing Singletary going out there and getting 13 carries and adding another three targets but man if I asked you to set a line on his combined carries and targets for next week like 10 and a half or something, man. It's so volatile weekly. Yeah, it is volatile. Um, he led the way today. I mean, 56% snap share, 68% of the rushing attempts, 39% route participation. But the, the real, 
you know, kicker, like on this whole thing is what you mentioned about, about Dari Akinbuwale yeah. coming in and getting passing down work or Mike. Who because, invited him? Yeah. Cause we had that stretch where Damian Pierce was out where Singletary wasn't even then when you needed someone to probably give him a breather, he wasn't given up this many of the passing That's downs so to someone else. And so that 39% route participation, like that, that's not good. Like we, we'd like him to be 50, 60%. If he was in that range and we knew he had a shot to get 50% of the rushing attempts every week in an offense like the Texans, we could say we could get on board with, okay, this is a low end running back too. But with where we are right now, you got to treat him more as like that running back three. And you're hoping he gives you the RB2 utilization. He had 12 and a half fantasy points today. So it's like he didn't kill you, but you weren't crazy about putting him in your lineup. Damian Pierce, like, I, I just cut him. Like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, 1.7 fantasy points, 21% of the team's rushing attempts today, 15% snap share. It's just, it's Jover. It's Jover for, <laughs> for Damian Pierce, man, at least for this season. Brevin Jordan, it's not Jover there, Dwayne. Has 69% route rate last week. What we hit this week? Uh, he got to, I, I clicked off of it, but it was like 75% hey, going back right there we now. go. Uh, so yeah, 76%. My memory still works. So Schultz, I will say, they tried to get him limited on Wednesday last week, and then he came right yeah. back out and back-to-back DMPs to end the week. So that's not good. Could once again see Brevin Jordan. No, we're not going to be jamming him in the top 10, top 12. But this last week, he was the consensus tight end 14, you know, just behind guys like Isaiah Likely, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard. I think he's going to be right around there again, man. Like, yeah. if you want to put Isaiah Likely ahead of him, I don't blame you. But I do think Jordan can give you a top 15 tight end if you are in dire need at the position. So anything else here, Dwayne? I think that's... That's all I got. That is it. Well, fantastic then. So let's move on to probably the game of the day. The Ravens took down the Rams 37 to 31. Rams did cover a seven and a half point dogs in this overtime affair. The over cashed easily at 42. Yeah, Dwayne, turns out uh, all that wind and rain was no problem at all. We have both Matthew Stafford and Lamar Jackson throw for three touchdowns. I don't even remember a play in this game where it looked like the weather impacted it, man. Yeah, Puka Nakua took his gloves off, and he's still making diving catches 30 yards downfield. What the hell happened? Well, I, I think you can argue the only person that the weather impacted today was C.J. Stroud, and it really just might have been the Jets' defense and the fact that, well, Tank Dell was gone. He lost yeah. Nico Collins really early in the game. That so kind of makes more sense. <laughs> I don't know that the weather impacted anyone because uh, I know I saw your tweet. It was funny. It was like, hey, on, hand, on one hand, you had this game where the weather mattered, and on the other one, you didn't. And then, of course, Zach Wilson goes for 300 yards. Turned it up. So, uh, yeah. It, it, but wow, what a what a game yeah. like today, you know, getting to watch. But I mean, I think, you know, the big thing for me here, um, like Matthew Stafford, man, like just balling out all of a sudden three, we had that early season, you know, situation where he was thrown for the 300 yard games, but he wasn't getting the touchdowns. Now, if you look at the last three games, man, multiple touchdowns on each of them, he had another three today. Uh, Cooper Cup looked a little bit more like his self today. And then Puka Nakui didn't get the touchdown, but man, just continues, Ian, to make these amazing plays. He had a catch towards the sideline today. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just ridiculous. The guy continues to impress and just do things that you're like, well, I mean, you would think he's just a veteran that's been doing this for a long time and he's doing it all as a rookie. So, man, Stafford playing the way he is, if the Rams get those receivers healthy, and now suddenly he's thrown for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns in a game. And Puka and Cooper Cup can be getting 25 to 30% target shares in that kind of offense. Like they could really make some noise down the stretch. Do you know they play in week 15? 
I don't know. I, they still have the Browns on the schedule, right? Or was that uh, last week? We that get week. Washington in LA oh in week 15. Yeah. Saints yeah. at home in week 16. Which has also not been tough lately. Yeah, if they're going to get to play Bryce Young every week, they'll be fine, believe me. But no, that's not going to go well for them. And then, okay, week 17, you got to go on the road and play the Giants. Don't be surprised if we see Cooper Cup, Pukunakua, and Stafford balling out. That's right. Those are all matchups they can they can, they can smash. That's right, everyone. I included Cooper Cup in that. Eight catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. I don't think he had had even 50 yards in a game since week six. This was literally the first week I can remember in three years that anyone even proposed the idea of benching Cooper Cup because of the matchup, because of the weather, because of the performance, because of his own injury. All those things just don't matter, Dwayne, because when you think about benching Cooper Cup, the fantasy gods will intervene and they will allow him to go for eight catches, 115 yards, and a tud. Looked fine doing it. Looked healthier than he has really ever since he kind of re-aggravated uh, that ankle issue after he kind of came, uh, you know, and got Stafford back in the first place. So, Great stuff from Cup, and just, again, looking ahead in this Washington matchup, I'm not asking for the exact rank, Dwayne, but I think it's going to be one of those positions where with no buys, probably not getting Cup and Puka in the top 12, but top 15, top 16, and absolutely recommended starts across the board. Yeah, they'll be my starts in the game, and they both yeah. have wide receiver one overall upside on the slate, like the top wide receiver on the slate. Uh, one other note on the Rams. DeMarcus yeah, sorry Robinson. for starting with the Rams. I got excited there. We usually go with the winners. So my, my oh, bad, I know, it's okay. Fans. <laughs> okay. It's, well, I, I did it, actually, because I got excited about Stafford. And Damn, Dwayne. Game. <laughs> but uh, DeMarcus Robinson, 98% uh, route participation Ooh. today. Uh, 26%. 26% target share, but he's already taken over for 2-2 for the last two games now. Sorry. So this this was <laughs> this did open the door though to that full-time role to your point. But man, what surprised me was the 26% target share. Demarcus Robinson with 10 targets today. Was it a mini revenge game? Like he used to play. He he had a stint with the Ravens. You know, Dude. he left the Chiefs, went to the Ravens. But anyway, he had I don't, some I don't double moves on the Ravens. Baltimore fans know he hit one uh in the playoff game against the Bengals. He had some preseason ones too, Dwayne. That dude knows how to run a double. Those, those yeah, so, so Demarcus Robinson, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, not a guy that like you're going to be super confident putting into any sort of lineup. This is really more of a kind of a just remember it for DFS kind of thing. Yeah. We'll see what see what the we'll see what the health reports say on two two this week. Only other notes here on the Rams side of the ball would just be, yeah, uh, Kyron, Kyron getting all the touches. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. 25 carries, 114 yards. He was stopped just short on one of them on a drive that ended with the rookie tight end, Davis Allen, going in for the touchdown. So good game from Davis Allen, by the way, with Tyler Higby sideline. But yeah, Kyron went out there, you know, 89% of the snaps. And it's early. So don't quote me on this, but. He had an incredible game. Right now, PFF is giving him 15 missed tackles force on the ground. That would be the highest mark, I believe, in their database's history behind only what Damian Pierce pulled off in week five last season. So, you know, they have they run multiple rounds of guys checking the numbers and stuff. Maybe it could be less. Regardless, if it was 13, 14, or 15, amazing game from Kyron, even though he couldn't quite find the end zone out there. So I guess the only other point on the Rams, uh, Dwayne, would be anything from Davis Allen? Do we have like a 90% route rate there? No. 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 Damn. No. He was just mixing in with everybody else. Okay. Uh, like he, he played he played well, but no, it was a, a minimal role. 
Damn, damn, damn. Well, get better soon then, Tyler Higby. On the Ravens side of the ball, shout out to Tylen Wallace for having that walk-off punt return made some dudes miss. And yeah, just ended up scoring his first career touchdown in style. So very cool moment there. But otherwise, Dwayne, I mean, really, this was like what we were hoping for out of the Todd Munkin Ravens offense. We had OBJ going for 97 yards and a touchdown and looking fantastic, man. I mean, he had two spectacular catches where like he looked over, not the wrong shoulder, but he had to make an adjustment after looking over one shoulder to the other which is like the single hardest football catch you can make out there made it look easy on both accounts especially on the 46 yard tud isaiah likely had five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown proving i wasn't completely batshit crazy for talking about him in round 18 for months yeah yeah you film watchers are going to point out that the 54 yard touchdown was completely blown coverage and no one around him but hey Dwayne, these kind of good things happen sometimes when you got la mvp under center and then zay flowers also wound up scoring and really helped them out big time in the fourth quarter. So likely, looking likely, <laughs> like a just borderline tight end one down the stretch. We're not getting too carried away, but we can feel pretty good about putting them in there. Zay Flowers, you know, continuing to emerge as that, honestly, like a low-end wide receiver two in his own right. If you want to call him an upside wide receiver three, that's fine. But what about OBJ, Dwayne? Because if we look at it, man, without Mark Andrews, Zay Jones leads the way with 22, not Zay Jones, excuse me. Zay Flowers leads the way with 22 targets, but right behind him, man, is Odo Beckham at 21. So I know the problem has been as he's been playing through some injuries, we haven't really gotten that full-time role. Coming out of the bye, Dwayne, can we trust OBJ down the stretch? Uh, yeah, I wish he had a full-time role, but he's kind of like Rasheed Rice at this point. Okay. You know, it's just like, well, he's out there enough to score fantasy points. So if you look at him since week nine, so in week nine, he had a 68% route participation, gave you 15 fantasy points. The next week, 40% route participation, gave you 11. The next week, he was at 52% route participation, still gave you 16 fantasy points. Then we had the game where he didn't play much at all against the Chargers, only 33%. So you had a dud that week with six fantasy points. But then this weekend, 19.7 with 57% route participation. So they like rotating these guys. They've got Nelson Aguilar as part of this rotation. They've got Rashad Bateman as part of this rotation. Uh, 100% route participation today for Zay Flowers. So it's something where I think it probably is what it is. I mean, it could always you know creep up. We did see early in the season OBJ with a much bigger route uh, participation, but it does seem like they've essentially settled in and they're maybe it's a maintenance thing. They're just wanting to keep him fresh, but. When he's out there, man, he's getting his targets. Uh, he tied today with Zay Flowers for a 25 to lead the team with a 25% target share. Both guys had 10, but targets per route run 33% for Odell Beckham today. Oof. I mean, out there, he is definitely getting looks. Obviously, it was nice to see him get free down the field and hit the big plays. And, and that's what we saw today that's really been missing, you know, from the Ravens offense. Now, part of this is on the Rams defense. I have no clue where these guys were like they weren't yeah. like they weren't in the screen. Ian. Uh, <laughs> so the play where, you know, Beckham scored the touchdown. He got behind the defenders. You already yeah. mentioned the Isaiah likely touchdown. He was all alone down the sideline. So definitely some confusion today on the part of the Rams. But hey, credit to Lamar Jackson. The guys, they saw it. They executed on the plays, came up with the big the big scores. That's just that's the biggest thing that's been missing, you know, from from this offense for the Ravens. Uh, we saw plenty of it today, so that was nice. 
just good to get a boom out of Lamar Jackson. I know we talked about that, I think, on the yeah. questions pod going in. But, like, he was averaging going in his fewest fantasy points per game since going back to his rookie season, which is only kind of skewed because he had these, you know, kind of wildcat packages before getting the full-time role anyway. But, yeah, great game again from Lamar in the passing attack. Also in the backfield, did see Keaton Mitchell go ahead and be his usual efficient self, 54 yards on nine carries out there. Sadly, Dwayne didn't quite get that takeover we were hoping for, though, out of the bye. Yeah, I mean, he led the way. He's the leading running back again. So nine carries versus six for Gus Edwards. He had 36% of the team's rushing attempts, but it's another situation where we've got a quarterback that can run, just like what we talked about with the Bears. We've got Lamar Jackson. He led the team with 11 rushing attempts. A couple of those might have been kneel downs. I have to go. I, I haven't like clicked into the box score. I don't, um, maybe one, but, but I don't think so. I went to OT. Yeah, might have, yeah. Well, yeah, with the way the game ended, probably not. There might have been one. Um, so with all that said, like we've got two other backs that are still involved. Justice Hill did not have a carry today, but he was out there on passing down. So it does look like it's still a three-way committee, but Keaton Mitchell does has, have a slight lead. So, I mean, all we can do is hope that he continues to like edge that upward. Um, he has been very efficient. I still think like he could have bigger fantasy days than what he had today, even without a big change in his role. Kind of similar to what we've seen. You've, you've mentioned it with, uh, you know, with A-Chan, a very similar player. They just need to they just need to make a commitment, in my opinion, Ian, to say, look, we're gonna get this guy 13 to 15 opportunities, and then whatever's left after that, like we'll give to the other guys. Um, but they haven't made that commitment yet. Upcoming matchups against the Jaguars, 49ers, and the Dolphins through the fantasy playoffs. So no, look, 49ers and Dolphins, those are not easy deep, like matchups in terms of like the defensive positions and stuff. But those are three offenses, especially if Lawrence is feeling more like himself, that can put up points on the board like the Rams did today and force the Ravens into this sort of shootout. So not a guarantee, but I do think we could potentially get more late season fireworks out of this group. Guys, before we move on to the late afternoon slate, want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. We could not be more thrilled to now be partnering with DraftKings. And guess what? We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers week after week. Fancy Life has partnered up with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the NFL. And right now, they have an offer you do not want to miss. All customers can get a no-sweat bet on any same-game parlay or same-game parlay X. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up using my promo code, Sunday Night. And if you're a new customer, you are definitely going to want to listen up. Right now on DraftKings, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 back in bonus bets instantly. And wondering what you can do with your $150 in bonus bets? Well, you can combine multiple bets together for a shot at an even bigger payout. And guess what? If sports betting is not yet available in your state, that sucks. But don't worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. All customers can, again, use my promo code SUNDAY night and get a no sweat bet get a bonus bet back if your same game parlay bet loses max reward limit supply again that's promo code sunday night all one word only at DraftKings sportsbook all right guys mid-afternoon late afternoon games wherever you want to call them the vikings what a thriller here took down the raiders three nothing that's right they pushed as three-point favorites. The NFL football game went 60 minutes long, and they were three points scored. Shocker, the under cashed at 40 and a half. 1943, that was the last 
last time the game ended 0-0 in a pure tie. We did not quite get the overtime in this one, but it was a late game uh, field goal. So just what a disaster. I mean, Joshua Dobbs technically getting that QB start win, Dwayne, but he got benched for Nick Mullins by the fourth quarter. And yes, he did have, you know, five passes dropped out there. But from what I saw on this one, man, I think they were more like just kind of shorter stuff. Like I did not see any like meaningful deep downfield drops. KJ Osborne had a couple that would have been first downs, but there were no, again, just like, it wasn't like Joshua Dawes played a great game and his receivers, you know, didn't help him out. That's all I'm trying to say. And, you know, that's kind of been the case in Minnesota. Great rusher, and he's had some flashes as a passer. But again, just since he has joined the Vikings among 40 quarterbacks with at least 50 dropbacks, we're talking about a bottom six quarterback in yards per attempt and passer rating alike. So just hasn't been doing all that good. And sadly, shout out to Hayden Winks for this good joke but it's kind of sad through a literal hospital ball to justin jefferson because he had to go to the hospital after the game when he suffered a chest injury he got drilled in the lower back but whatever it is it certainly looked painful but that's just the worst part here Dwayne. all this work to get justin jefferson back the amount of rehab that that dude had to go in and just even the play man sick route he looked fully healthy his fully explosive self did not notice a single different thing about justin jefferson today than we did in week one just gets absolutely cracked in the back legal hit i wish dobbs didn't throw the ball man just just sucks yeah and i don't I don't really have anything else on this game like it was, it's <laughs> tough to lose jefferson we'll see what happens after the game they mentioned that hey it was a precautionary thing to send him to the hospital but like he's cleared through all that and it sounds like maybe there's a chance that we get Justin Jefferson back next week. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, the Vikings technically did win the game. So if they're looking at it from a perspective of, hey, we're still in the hunt here. Uh, Nick Mullins did come into the game. He had a 69% completion rate. I nice. wrote a lot about him in the utilization report like five weeks ago, whenever we weren't for sure what was going to happen after the uh, injury to Kirk's to Kirk Cousins. So We'll, ha we'll have to see what happens, but my guess is they're going away from Dobbs because they were seem to be teetering on the idea of doing that after the last game where Dobbs was terrible. So my guess is that Dobbs is not going to be starting the next game. And Nick Mullins has shown you, and when you put some weapons around him, and we saw those games as a 49er, he can come out and throw for 250 passing yards, and that's going to give you a chance to support two of these weapons. If it's Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson, or if Jefferson, if Jefferson misses, you know it's Addison. But uh, look, we'll take it if we can have a quarterback out there that can, you know, at least give us a chance to have two viable fantasy weapons. Obviously, on the running back front, we had the injury to Alexander Madison, so we'll have to wait to hear more on that. But Ty Chandler led the team. With 12 rushing attempts, 40% of the team's rushing attempts, 56% snap share. So Chandler wasn't able to do a lot with it in 2.9 yards per carry, but uh, he could be in line for a bigger role depending on what happens there with Madison. I'm sure he would see Kenny Nawanu in some role, but I don't really think it'd be this, you know, 1A. I don't think it's going to be big. Yeah, <laughs> they, because... they don't seem to like Kenny very much. They, they they don't. It's like they'll give him a sprinkle, but we we've yet to see them really give him much run in any game. He's on that CPAT career trajectory, you know, sick kick returner, but, you know, <laughs> just given our six or seven years before we actually work out that uh, offensive role. Vikings on the way out. We're going to play the Bengals, the Lions, and the Packers. So I know Moss couldn't, couldn't get it done today, everyone. But again, if we do see Ty Chandler get that featured role, hey, you know, we've seen worse running backs go out there down the stretch and make the most out of 20 plus touches per game. So good stuff there. Why isn't Jaron Hall getting another chance? Like he had the starting job over. Was Mullen still hurt when Hall had the starting job? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was on the IR. 
that makes sense then. I will shut up. Okay, so yeah, again, fuck the injury guys for what they did to Justin Jefferson and otherwise. Oh, shout out TJ Hawkinson, Dwayne. This shocked me. How many more PPR points do you think Travis Kelsey has scored in TJ Hawkinson this year? Uh, 12. 0.6 on the season. <laughs> That's how close they have been. So yeah, kudos to TJ Hawkinson. Might even have a chance to beat Travis Kelsey when it's all said and done. Only man to do that since I believe 2016 is Mark Andrews. So truly Hawkinson proving that he was a big time value, uh, you know, in that kind of middle round five placement. I mean, we had those like, what? wasn't vertigo some weird ass you know that like back injury that was going on when he was just trying to get that contract signed so it just goes yeah, it was to show an ear you. wasn't it something with it was his an ear, ear. Yeah. yeah god damn it oh <laughs> should have drafted so much freaking more hawkinson kudos to hawkinson kudos to anyone that drafted him uh on the other side of the football yeah raiders couldn't score a point so obviously things didn't go well over <laughs> there they are continuing to force feed Devonte adams of football though ever since aiden o'connell took over Devontae Adams, guys, 47 targets in second place. Jacoby Myers all the way down there at 25. So still Devontae Adams. Yeah, we got Aiden O'Connell throwing him the football. So it's not going to be, you know, our weekly upside, you know, wide receiver one heights, but still very much someone you need to start each and every week. I found this interesting. 42 quarterbacks have at least 100 dropbacks this year. And Aiden O'Connell, the only one to not scramble even one time. So really not doing them any favor with his uh, statue-esque pocket presence. And yeah, these are the results you get. Josh Jacobs, though, sadly also injured alongside Alexander Madison. He had a knee issue. Madison had the ankle issue. This would not, like, okay, Dwayne, if they're both out, we're for sure ranking Ty Chandler higher than Zamir White because Zamir White probably going to have a much tougher time breaking away from Amir Abdullah as opposed to Ty Chandler and Kenne. True? Yeah, I, I mean, they'll still be pretty close because I think it's just tough to predict either one. But I do have more confidence in, in, in Chandler than I do in Zamir white right now, but I, but I don't know how much of a role they'll really give Abdullah. Like I, at this point in his career, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, it. If Zamir white came out and had more carries next week, than you know what we saw from Chandler, I would not, I wouldn't be surprised by that either, but yes, ranking them today. If I thought both guys were out, yes, I would rank Ty Chandler ahead of Zamir white. Dude, both great matchups. Two Raiders get the Chargers, and it's going to be on a short week. So, yes, Zamir White is going to be the recommended grab from the Raiders. It's still the Raiders, just like it's the Vikings. I don't think either of these guys are going to be knocking on the top 12 door or anything like that, but still very much deserving of that top-tier waiver wire treatment that I'm sure they are going to get. I think that's about it here. Anything else, Dwayne? No, no. It's your typical condensed Raiders offense. Uh, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. Josh Jacobs, uh, Michael Mayer, 72% route participation, but we have no clue if that'll stick. It just kind of bounces all over the place. Yeah, when we said draft the rookie tight ends, we just meant draft the ones that are going to be productive, not Michael Mayer and Luke Musgrave. <laughs> Come on, guys, stick with it. Moving on, we had the 49ers take down the Seahawks, 28-16. to 16. Seahawks did cover because that line got all the way up to 14 and a half once we found out Drew Locke was going to be under center. The under did cash, though, barely at 44 and a half. So, yeah, I mean, look, we've kind of gone through the whole Brock Purdy thing. You guys can think what you want about his MVP, you know, just chances, if he's deserving of it, if he's even a top five overall player on his own offense but guess what the efficiency is incredible if you want to call him a system quarterback well he is engineering the single best system in the nfl and even doing some things you know just 
it's not like the play just dies with Brock Purdy. I've heard uh, Steven Ruiz, who is, you know, a just very vocal uh, Brock Purdy hater, and his issues more of Purdy are him, like, extending the play in the pocket, not even what he can do outside of it. Because we've seen Purdy scramble, start high-stepping. Like, the dude's not like a Jimmy G statue. That's a lazy, lazy comparison. But, again, regardless, he's putting up bonkers numbers. He's now a weekly top 10, if not top 8 quarterback in Fantasyland. You're feeling great. And guess what? George Kittle. Brand Nyuk, Debo Samuel, all pacing for over 1,000 receiving yards. Meanwhile, CMC looking at going over 2,000 himself. But, Dwayne, with all that said, wanted to give a shout-out to Week 14's DraftKings top performer. Appreciate our sponsors over at DraftKings. And that is going to be Debo Samuel because, my God, when Debo is healthy, man, he really is just in on that short list of the single best wide receivers, playmakers, whatever you want to call them in the league. Since he has returned from injury, man, he's averaging 23.5 DraftKings points per game, 100.6 total yards, and 1.4 touchdowns per game in that stretch. Today, he had 150 total yards and not one but two scores. Credit to Kyle Shanahan for always doing his best to get his guys their touchdowns. Debo originally caught a pass down the one, and then they went ahead and designed that fly sweep for the touchdown. So just, I mean, Dwayne, the way Debo's going, not that we've been ranking him not to start him, but like if you wanted to just sit here next week and say Debo's healthy, he's getting fed like this, he's my wide receiver five on the week, I wouldn't really have a good argument against you. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, like since he's come back, like just the opportunities, man, he's had. So if we add just the rushing plays and the passing plays together in week 10, he had seven for 16 fantasy points. Then he had five in week 11. He scored nine fantasy points. Then he came out against the Seahawks with 14 opportunities, 22.4 points, 36 fantasy points against the Eagles on seven opportunities. And then he gets 10 again today against the Seahawks. So 14 and 10, they like to feed Debo against the Seahawks and he gave you 34 fantasy points. So yeah, I mean, he's just one of these guys that he gets on a heater and like, you want to say that it's not feasible, that it can't continue, but it can. And a big part of it does go back to Brock Purdy. And as much as Brock Purdy is living in a great system, he has all these weapons, the thing that I like about Purdy, Ian, is just for fantasy purposes, he makes it possible that we can get points from all these guys. Everyone. Back, yeah, so if this was still Jimmy Garoppolo and you looked up and you saw Debo scored 34, you'd be like, well, Ayuk must have had two. <laughs> no, he had 17, 16.6 fantasy points. Well, George Kittle must have been left out of the fun. No, 16.6 fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey must have died. No, 16.3 fantasy points. So, yeah, you'd rather have the 34 that you got from Debo, but that's what's happening with Purdy because Purdy can come out here and throw for 300 plus yards every game, multiple touchdowns every game. Yes, I know. Eventually, he's going to have one of these games where he doesn't throw for multiple touchdowns and 300 yards, but he's really consistent with it. And so it, it makes it a situation where all of these guys are viable and you don't have to worry about just picking the right one. If you got these guys, you just start them, you feel good about it. Some weeks it's going to be your weeks to blow up, but even when it's not, chances are now you're not going to eat a complete dud. You're not going to have that three to five point performance. You're still going to get it like 12, 13, 14 fantasy points like we saw today, all of them at 16 plus. I had like a quiet 126 yards. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. When Debo goes off for 149 and he has also a rushing touchdown to go with a receiving touchdown, that's what happens. But yeah, I mean, they, they were tied for targets. They, they each had nine. 
Kittle only catches three passes, but guess what? He's also, you know, maybe the best tight end in the league. So one of those goes for a 44 yard, you know, tackle, you know, broken field score. So just incredible stuff going on in San Fran. Yeah. Sadly, the only negative here was that Christian McCaffrey didn't score. Not that he didn't get close. Literally the first play of the game, ridiculous 72 yard run all the way down the three yard line. And they brought in Jordan Mason for that touchdown. So I guess that would be the only last takeaway here, Dwayne. Elijah Mitchell missed this one with an injury. I believe it was a knee issue but i mean we've always assumed because he's been that way you know mitchell has been the backup running back for christian mccaffrey in the preferred handcuff but yeah looking at now knee injury didn't practice at all this week jordan mason if you want to go out there and just try to find a handcuff you got that extra bench spot right now in san fran that guy is jordan mason yeah and we'll just have to wait and see what happens with elijah mitchell but for now yes it is jordan mason four carries today 20 20 yards and and he had the rushing attempt for a touchdown after McCaffrey broke the, broke the long one on the first play. Over in Seattle, the Drew Locke experience was fun, but, you know, predictably didn't go all that well in real life. So fire first drive. I mean, he was finding DK Metcalf like twice, and those end up being the only two times he found them all game. So it got less cool as it went on, but did have a nice touchdown there. I just, you know, you got to check me on some of this Drew Locke stuff, Dwayne, because I have such rose-colored glasses when I watch this dude play. I mean, I literally wrote on our show sheet, he was kind of fine, right? And then it's like, no, he led the weekend. You know, turnover-worthy plays. He had a horrible interception in the fourth quarter. Even the second touchdown, like Purdy hit that score to Kittle last year where it's like the fake screen left, the fake screen right, and then you have the tight end just, you know, ends up wide open going down the middle of the field. I've seen like 10 other teams try that since, and today was the first time I've seen it replicated to none other than Noah Fant. No, of course not. It was to Colby Parkinson because we can never have a tight end we trust in Seattle. So, hey, that's how the pass game went. We did see Metcalf get ejected before the end of it. He's had some really bad moments like this, you know, over the years where he's just kind of freaked out and hit dudes for completely no reason in this case he was kind of tackling fred warner and then fred warner shoved him in the backs so and then dk wasn't going to take that and then all hell broke loose so you know probably was the most mature thing from the beginning but regardless there was a little bit going on from either side but yeah Tyler Lockett good for him catching uh six balls for 89 yards they are going to have some fantastic matchups I believe Seattle literally has the softest upcoming stretch for wide receivers you know facing defenses they get the Eagles the Titans and the Steelers over these next three weeks so hopefully you know just for fantasy's sake we do get Geno back and healthy and we get some more uh just better performances from this group moving forward but Dwayne the big news here is the fully healthy backfield what did you see between Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker uh Kenneth Walker led the way as far as snaps go 58 percent he scored 9.4 fantasy points but Zach Charbonnet led the team with 45% of the rushing attempts. Now, Kenneth Walker was right there. He had 40%. So it was nine carries for Charbonnet, eight for Walker, but Charbonnet did not come through in the fantasy box score, 5.8 points. Not that Walker did either, but he at least nearly got you to 10. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is in the world of we know nothing, 53% <laughs> route participation to Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet only 26%. So the guy that we thought was the passing down back was not the passing down back. The guy that we thought was the lead running back was or the, the lead early down back was not the lead early down back. I will say though both guys coming off injury. So I don't know how much that has to do with what role they put them in or yeah. how much they trust them to do certain things. I think we just basically need to look at this as being probably a slight lead to Kenneth Walker but getting closer to a split. You know, now that both guys have had a little bit of time to kind of carry the offense on their own, both have battled some injuries, now back together. 
it's hard to really think that, oh, it's going to be 70% Walker. I just, yeah. I, I have a hard time projecting that again. I think maybe 55, 45, 60, 40, you know, maybe. But uh, for now, I'm, I'm just going to have to project it that way. But it's difficult to know from just this one game because of the injuries. Shout out to Walker on one. I believe it was the catch 27 yards, just reversing field. I mean, there's only so many guys in the league that are truly fast and athletic enough to pull that shit at the professional level. High school, sure, recess, fine. But against a bunch of other pros, man, you never see that. You do see it with Kenneth Walker sometimes. Maybe not always once a week, but man, you can get that cut back, uh, just a highlight run going and have a good time for sure. Final note here, yeah, just a DK Metcalf on pace, guys. Maybe not the blow-up season we thought, but still very much on pace for 60 seven catches 1130 yards and nine touchdowns on the season so not all bad in seattle and yeah moving right along we had the bills take down the chiefs 20 to 17 buffalo they cover us one and a half point dogs the under cash at 49 so we'll start with the bills but we gotta start with the sheesh of the year maybe the sheesh of all time Dwayne. my god 49-yard touchdown, Mahomes to Kelsey, but oh my God, he pulls out the mid-play lateral, the rugby throw, whatever you want to call it. It works better than ever. Like, I've seen Kelsey try this over the years on his own. I've seen the Chiefs design it, and almost every single time, it just doesn't really work, even though we know Kelsey, high school quarterback, we know he can throw the football. It hasn't worked. This one worked better than ever. Threw it to, you know, our guy Kadarius Tony in stride. Everything was great until we get the replay that Kadarius Tony was, in fact, lined up off sides. Mahomes said that in all of his years playing football, he's never seen you know anyone get called for offensive offsides. Andy Reid's exact quote. Usually I get a warning before something like that happens. It's a bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. I've been in the league for a long time. Haven't had one like that. I'm team ticky-tack, Dwayne. I thought that was a bullshit way to decide the football game. I don't like when the Zebras do this. Was he offsides? Yeah, probably. Which is like, come on, Kadarius Tony, line up right. But just, just sucks to see one of the best plays that we have ever seen get taken off the board by something that just didn't even impact the play. That's my beef. Yeah, I, I totally understand it. But, I mean, he was offside. So, he it's was. like, I, was. <laughs> I, I also don't think, like, and as much as we love Patrick Mahomes, like, and, and I get it, he's upset. He's just in the heat of the moment. I mean, like this is a team that's going in the wrong direction. They've they've got a two game losing streak going. I mean, the Bills obviously they needed this game like even more than the Chiefs, yeah. and they were able to secure it. But wow, uh, yeah, it's 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 a situation where it could have easily been a Chiefs win, and it, it is what it is. But like, look, come on, Kadarius Tony, dude, get your head out of your you know what? Like just constant crap like this with this guy. It's just uh, it, it's it's just gives me a headache at this point. Like he I'm actually did so something cool before Dwayne. He had this juke that I was so mad. Someone got hurt on the place. They didn't show the replay, but he had like, it reminded me of the Marshawn Lynch on Ray Lewis, that famous juke where he just like buckled one defender into another and he picked up like six, seven yards and then he pulls this shit and we'll never talk about that play again. So that sucked, you know, back to the bills though. James Cook, not completely crashing my helicopter. Didn't exactly land it, but you know, we'll take it. Only wound up with 15 combined carries and targets. I thought that was the most surprising thing, Dwayne, because like he was just on fire early on, rushing the ball, but mostly catching the football. I mean, the designs that the Bills kept doing, the Chiefs just consistently did not have a defender on James Cook that could guard him. And accordingly, he caught all five of his targets, 83 yards and a touchdown. 
we just didn't see him keep feeding him the ball, man. And I'm not going to pretend like, you know, James Cook has been electric all season long. Like, you know, I'm not saying he should be a 90% workload back, but I just don't know what they saw, Dwayne, to set up. Like, their scripted plays clearly had so much James Cook involvement. But then the second half, we're just seeing more Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray. So, hey, beggars can't be choosers. Since the OC change, we've seen Cook have 21, 23, and today 15 combined carries and targets. Just it felt like this was going to be like a 200-yard, you know, two-touchdown game, Dwayne. Still plenty of points, but still, sadly, someone we got to put more so in that, you know, low-end RB2 range than this locked-in top 12 running back. Yeah, and he's getting the targets down the field. That yeah. that's That's the thing. They're using him on these bullet routes, these wheel routes, these sideline routes, um, you know, 5.4 average depth of target today. So, I, I mean, even though he's not getting a ton of run from a route participation standpoint, he was at 44%. Like, this is a guy that we would expect, honestly, to see around 60%. We would, ex- we would expect him to be in an offense that wants to throw the ball all the time and create mismatches. This guy would be on the field, you know, at that near elite rate. But he's not. They they tried it early in the year. It just wasn't working out. So he's been around this range, but he is getting these targets further down the li- down the field. So as long as they keep doing that, like he is a mismatch chess piece that you can yeah. move around. And now we've seen it multiple times. Um, to your point, it could have been an even bigger game today, but we'll take the twenty five point one fantasy points and maybe. I have an idea. Like, let's just have a longer script. <laughs> like, if he's like, 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 if he's really active uh, in the plays that you've got scripted, uh, well, then let's just make a longer script. Why don't you just go ahead and script out the next two drives? Uh, obviously, I know what they're doing. The first drive you script, and you see how the defense responds, and then you kind of go from there and you tweak your game plan along the way. But I agree with you. We should see some more James Cook. But no, you got to get Ty Johnson involved in and you also have to get latavius murray carries those are just the rules those are playmakers that need the ball and uh you know like you can't you can't blame the bills for wanting to get the ball to latavius murray i mean can you how about latavius murray catching an unbelievable throw by josh allen running out of bounds wow. catching the ball dropping it and then Dwayne, he got to go back out there two plays later. Where is the James Cook benching for Latavius Murray, who's only been on the damn team since like August? You tell me that, you know, James Cook puts an entire. And I know technically years. that was a catch, but it didn't. No, I didn't. I know the catch. one foot was right. down when he caught it, and then he had the next two, but that, it didn't look like a catch to me. Give me a break with that. So sadly, despite the great performance, can't be overly adjusting the ranks on James Cook. But just again, another nice game. 4.8 yards per carry on the season. That's seventh among 40 qualified running backs. And he's at 1.6 yards per out run. That ranks sixth. Heck of an all-around talent as we're seeing. Sadly, Stefan Diggs remains ice cold. Had two bad drops on screens. They just couldn't do anything out there, man. Kudos to the Chiefs for having, you know, the game plan they did and for their corners, you know, playing as well as they did. But yeah, man, first six games games of the year five games with over 100 receiving yards seven games since zero and only one of them over even 75 yards so just sucks Dwayne you know I know I had some playoff matchups you know or hopeful to clinch a you know playoff matchup here and Stefan Diggs wasn't exactly helping the rosters nor was Gabriel Davis who continues to have uh, pretty much the most Gabe Davis season of all time (laughs) in week seven he had one catch for six scoreless yards after that he goes for 87 yards and a touchdown week after that Goose egg, 
Week after that, 56 yards. After that, goose egg, and then a buck five and a touchdown. And then this week, you guessed it, another goose egg. So they showed a play, you know, later in the game where, yeah, he broke wide open deep. But I don't like counting those ashishas more times than not, Dwayne, because we don't know the quarterback's progressions. And, you know, maybe he got wide open deep because the safety saw where the quarterback was looking, so they accordingly went over there. So I'm not even going to blame that. Just, just unfortunate from the wide receivers. But, again, guys, this was a tough matchup against the Chiefs and I think we're still going to take, you know, the three, four years of evidence that Stefan Diggs is and remains one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL and not do anything too crazy with the ranks next week ahead of a potential absolute shootout against the Cowboys. I think the real conversation, Dwayne, is what happened at tight end. Dalton Kincaid, you know, not exactly lighting up the box score, five catches, 21 yards, but he did have those eight targets. How big of a factor was Dawson Knox coming back for both Dalton Kincaid and Khalil Shakur's route rate? Uh, it really impacted Khalil Shakir more. Like he he fell to a sixty seven percent route participation. But I mean, he's been around seventy to seventy five. So Dawson Knox was only at a thirty five percent today. But the thing is, it was Knox's first game back. Uh, so we just don't know like how much is it going to expand. But Dalton Kincaid, ninety percent route participation. Isn't that funny how that works? You get the other tight uh, end back. Oh, let's go season high. Let's go season high <laughs> route participation for Dalton Kincaid. Uh, 22% target share. He had the eight targets. And I'm with you on Diggs. Guys, look, 11 targets today. It didn't work out. But, I mean, 31% target share. You got Josh Allen still as your quarterback. You got better matchups on the way for Diggs. So, I say better matchup. The, the, the Cowboys are, you know, they'll give up the big play. So, you're, you're hoping yeah. Diggs can give you one of those. Uh, unless you're like Ian and I and you're, you know, you're a Cowboys fan. We're hoping that he doesn't do that. But if he's on your fantasy teams, we will support you. And we do hope that you win your leagues. Over in KC, Rasheed Rice staying hot, Dwayne. We had that first game against the Raiders. He finally gets the bump in the route rate. Didn't come right after the bye like we thought, but we got it. He went for 107 yards and a touchdown. Last week, eight catches, 64 yards. And this week, seven catches, 72 yards and a score. 10, 9, and 10 targets along the way. And, man, just I thought the first thing you would tell me like after when we got on the pod, Dwayne was like, yeah, go Cowboys or something. No, you want to talk about Rasheed Rice's route rates. Let's talk about it, man. It took us now hour and 40 minutes but here we are Rasheed Rice let's go yeah the two biggest takeaways of the show Dawson Knox or I mean Dalton Kincaid and Rasheed Rice in the same game but uh yeah it was a season high route participation for both players uh we had an 82 percent today for Rasheed Rice previously the top he had seen had been 69 percent the week before and before that it was the 68 percent that he saw in week 12 so we've got a nice little new plateau before that, he had been 59, 57, 53. So that had been the range he had been stuck in. But it does look like he's looking more like a 70 to 80% guy. But maybe he takes that next step forward. And honestly, on the Chiefs, if he can be 80 to 85%, Ian, it's fine. Yeah. That, that's no. all we need. Well, we'd rather have 95% Andy Reid. And if we have to get Golden Showtime Tate on our show again <laughs> to, to ask questions around why you're not doing this, we will. I think that's what happened. Andy Reid listened to the pod this week. He heard Showtime. He's like, you know what? Like, that's a former NFL player. These other two guys are idiots. But uh, Golden Tate, he was, he was a good NFL wide receiver. So, yeah, this is a big positive. And, man, like, we know the targets have been there. But these last three games, Ian, 31%, 30%, and then today, 26% target share. Ooh. So, this is the this is the this is the number two behind Kelsey, and arguably you could say it's one A one B right now over the last few games. Obviously, if we had to pick, I'm still saying Kelsey's the number one in the offense, but 
Rasheed Rice right there with him. And there's no one else challenging in. We know this. Like Justin Watson, not he's not challenging. Kadarius Tony, he can't even line up on sides, so he can't get on the field. Uh, we got uh, Marquise Valdez-Scantling just out there running gassers, and even when he does get a target, uh, you know, he gets uh, defense. Uh, he can't even get a DPI. Like, that's how bad things are going for MVS. Rasheed Rice came into this week. I mean, all four of us had him either ranked wide receiver 21 or 22. You know, getting a couple teams back from by Dwayne. I'm not saying Rice is going to leap in the top 12 or anything, but I do know, like, just in terms of the start-sit questions between a bunch of, you know, low-end wide receiver two and flex types, definitely going to be even more confident in giving him that benefit of the doubt here moving forward. And, you know, very much so looking like the latest rookie wide receiver to really be putting some good stuff together down the second half. Last thing here, obviously no Isaiah Pacheco had that shoulder injury, and it does seem like an issue that could keep him out potentially the rest of the regular season. They didn't put him on IR yet. Andy Reid wouldn't rule it out though when they talked to him on Friday about it. So Andy Reid also told us, Dwayne, that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be the number one back. Did we see that come to fruition on Sunday afternoon? We did. He pretty much took over the Isaiah Pacheco role, slightly less. He had 61% of the rushing attempts. Pacheco's been between 60 and 70%. We saw Kadarius Tony get a little bit more today. He had two carries, and then Jarek McKinnon had four. So they're they're spelling him a little bit more, but it was nearly the same role that we've seen from Pacheco. Now, was he as good with the said role as what we've seen with Pacheco? No, not necessarily, but he's still at 8.8 fantasy points, and I won't be surprised if over the next couple of weeks we have a game where one of these, that if Pacheco's out, Clyde Edwards-Alaire pops up with 17, 18 fantasy points. You know, I, I think that's that's within the range for his role. But slightly more work today for Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he had 45% of the snaps. Now, this was also some game script stuff going on. 40% route participation for Jarek McKinnon, 33% for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, and obviously, I mentioned Kadarius Toney also getting a little bit of work out of the backfield, not just as a running back. They put him back there a few times as a receiver as well. So going to be a little bit of a mix up. But I think Clyde Edwards Alaire, low end running back two, high end running back three, something like that. In um, I think that's so about I fair. Yeah. I was just looking at it right now. On like full slates, when you've got everyone there, which is that's the world we're living in now, right? Moving forward, we're going to have all the teams. I think comparing Clyde versus guys like Chuba, Jerome Ford, Jalen Warren, that's probably going to be the guys we're kind of debating about it more weeks yeah. than not. Probably more volume with those guys, but when we got the Chiefs offense, I mean, at least the theoretically good Chiefs offense, you know, a man can dream there. Jarek McKinnon going to be more so what, Dwayne, a lower end RB3 and outside of PPR leagues, not feeling that good about it. Maybe, you know, hey, he's did score a touchdown today. Like we've seen the guy make the most out yeah, of his McKinnon, opportunities before. We, we know he can give you those booms, but it's just, uh, I still don't feel great. I don't yeah. feel like his floor has suddenly got a big boost. I feel like his floor got a little bit of a boost and then, you know, his upside, you know, is kind of what it has been. We, we, we haven't seen those games though this year where McKinnon just gets loose and the defense loses him and he just has a very clear path, you know, to a touchdown. Um, you know, he could still end up with some of those um, and they need it. They need someone else to step up. Maybe the answer is you need more Jarek McKinnon on the field. I don't know, but the chiefs uh, not looking very good. I mean, this is now their eighth game this season, guys, with 21 or fewer points. From 2018 to 2022, they, they only had 11 such games combined. So it really is unprecedented, uh, you know, lowness for the Chiefs. So, yeah, they're still going to be like an above-average scoring offense, you know, in the NFL this year. But again, just relative to those past expectations, certainly have not been living up there. 
Two more, everyone. Appreciate you sticking with us. The Broncos took down the Chargers 24 to 7. Denver did cover as three point underdogs. The under cash at 45 and a half. BEA, beautiful touchdown snag from Corlin Sutton. His best of the year went for a solid 46 yards back of the end zone. Only needed one hand to get the job done. 10 tutties on the year. Hell of a bounce back campaign for Corlin Sutton. Continuing to emerge as this really, man, just like weekly touchdown dependent wide receiver, too. And guess what he scored a touchdown in like all but three games this year so great stuff from Cortland and the opposite of great stuff for, for uh, Jerry Judy my god this is one of the worst games from a wide receiver this season hasn't always been that way with Judy I and mean, we talked about it last week I think I found the play Sean Payton was talking about like there were multiple opportunities downfield last week where Judy was open and guess what there are multiple opportunities this week where he was open the guy knows how to get open Dwayne he just did not know how to catch the freaking ball today two drop chunk gains that could have given him a good 70 or 80 extra yards and then the five yard touchdown like oh my god it was like the george pickens ones this, the, uh, earlier this year where like everyone in the stadium just assumed it was a touchdown because he had so much room on the sideline and because he assumed it was a touchdown but when you see the replay couldn't get that second toe tap in even though he had all the room in the world so steve smith was probably lighting a cigar just watching this game you know <laughs> smiling but really really rough for judy you know just in a stretch that we were maybe hoping you know we could finally get some playoff boom so again only two catches for 16 scoreless yards could could have, should have been a could have, should have, would have been so much more. We will be talking about him a lot more when we get some sheesh going with you, me, and Marcus on Tuesday morning. But hey, that's the passing game. You know, Russell Wilson had four passes dropped, mentioned a couple of them already. Otherwise, went ahead and really had a nice bounce back after last week's truly dreadful performance. But I think the star here, Dwayne, has got to be Javante Williams. He did it. First rushing touchdown of the season took until week 14, but Javante got there. Seventh straight game with at least 16 combined carries and targets. It is one of the most run-first offenses in the NFL. More weeks than not, Dwayne. Javante Williams very much looking like, you know, starting to get there. That upside RB2 we were hoping for. Yeah, I don't really have a ton to add. I mean, you mentioned like he's got a good trend going. It just so happens that he actually punched in the touchdown yeah. this weekend. Um, he's the leading back on a team that wants to run the ball all the time. So he's going to have a chance to have 15, 20 rushing attempts every week. And it's an offense that really the wide receiver two on the team, it's all the running backs. These running backs all get targets every single week, and it wasn't really any different. This week, you saw Javante get four targets. He had a 25% targets per route run. Samaje Pirine, 56% targets per route run. Jalil McLaughlin, 40% targets per route run. This is every week. <laughs> These three guys, they all have huge two, uh, targets per route run. None of them have the full-time role in the passing game, but when they're out there because of how many screens and how many design things they run for the running backs – and obviously, like things just aren't going well with Judy. It's Sutton and the running backs. That's really all that we, all that we have. So you got a shot here with Javante to get anywhere between you know 17, 18 to 25 opportunities. And if he has the opportunity to continue scoring touchdowns, well, then we know that there's upside there. He could actually finish the season really strong. Um, but he's in he's in a very good role and and he's in the perfect fit for what they're wanting to run right now. Over with the Chargers. Sadly, another game that we got to discuss injuries with first and foremost because Justin Herbert did suffer a right 
index fracture. So I guess this is, you know, this is the one example, Dwayne, first time ever that x-rays have actually come back positive the <laughs> Sunday of an injury. So Easton Stick came in as a backup. And this is one of these, you know, situations we get in the league where you realize some teams ignore their backup quarterback and you wind up with Easton Stick, who had literally one regular season pass attempt to his name coming into this one. So yeah, you know, fifth round pick of the Chargers back in 2019. Maybe he's ready for the opportunity, but didn't look all that great out there. But I'll give a little bit of credit, Dwayne. He threw a complete moon ball to Quentin Johnson for 57 yards and then went right back to QJ, who caught a pass like with his hands, man. I don't think I've ever seen him actually <laughs> catch it away from his body. So that was a fun time. We actually ended up seeing QJ get up to 91 yards. But look, guys, you don't need Dwayne not to tell you that this already struggling Chargers offense is going to be just even more ridiculous to trust if we can't have a healthy Justin Herbert. 10, 6, and 7 points over these last three games. I mean, they get the Raiders, the Bills, and the Broncos to end the season, Dwayne. Those aren't exactly three layups based on what we've seen those defenses accomplish in these recent weeks. I mean, let's say Justin Herbert is going to miss some time, which based on the fact they got this Thursday night turnaround before they face Max Crosby and company, if no Justin Herbert, man, I guess we, you know, we're, we're sadly we've had to get used to moving down wide receiver ones who lose their quarterbacks. So I'm sure Keenan can find a home in that kind of low end wide receiver two range. Austin Eckler's Austin Eckler. I mean, what's the be- point in playing Justin Herbert at this point? I hear like, you. I, just, I agree with you. I'm looking I, at that. I, I will not be surprised if he misses the rest of the season. Is this just like is Eckler, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase and, and um? And Keenan Allen's Jamar Chase, and we're praying to God that Easton Stick can do his best Jake Browning impression. Pretty much. I mean, and Keenan Allen, like he's still going to get his targets. Yeah. But to your point, like the the ceiling won't be the same. You know, it there's just been so many injuries, man, and they, and they continued on today. Uh, you know, but that that's the way football goes. So it's 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 what's going to happen in any season. But you hate to see these situations where you know so many teams are depending on Keenan Allen because if you draft a Keenan Allen, like he's been great. I mean, you're probably in, I mean, he's a big part of if you're in the playoffs and you have him on your team, he's a huge part of that. So it is going to be tough for Keenan Allen. I I don't know that we'll, I I don't know that we'll see Justin Herbert again. Um, That's just me speculating, but I mean, a broken finger on your throwing hand with, you know, three games left to go. I just, I, I don't see why they would force it with him. And, And, you know, Ian, I hate to say it. It's on the week where finally Gerald Everett, with a 20% target share, just so you can at least, you know, know that he earned the playing time. It's not going to be worth anything, <laughs> but he was, he was out there right. Re- uh, season highs today for Gerald. Everett. This was always the process. This was always the plan. Dwayne. He'd, he'd get the role by the fantasy playoffs, but no. Yeah. And, and Eckler, I'll, I'll hit on him real quick. Cause I know there was all the, the talk before the game that, Oh, we're going to do the hot hand. <laughs> Guys, don't listen. There's so much th- these reports that come out right before the games happen. Like, how many times do they really come true, Ian? Like, I, I feel like we've had six or seven this year, and maybe one of them have worked out. Yeah. And I just, I, and I could be wrong. I could just be remembering this wrong. But this is kind of like an ongoing trend. I do not trust the the report like that that comes out right before the game. And guess what? Eckler was in his same role. He had 53% of the rushing attempts. Now he's had some games where he's been more like 60%. So I, the the difference was instead of it being Joshua Kelly, the guy really getting the carries behind him was Isaiah Spiller. Hmm. And it wasn't Josh Kelly. Now altogether, Eckler had 10 carries and you had nine between Spiller and Kelly. 
So a little bit closer than what we've seen in the last two weeks, but it wasn't a big difference for Eckler. And then in the receiving game, he had a 70% route participation. So he was still obviously the lead guy there. And he, you know, I mean, it wasn't a huge gate game for him, you know, but he did have seven targets and he ended up giving you 21 fantasy points. So we talked about it this week. We're like, Hey, as soon as you downgrade Eckler, <laughs> you're going to look back at those three games where he went off for 20 plus fantasy points, three weeks in a row when he first came back from the high ankle sprain and you're like, Oh, I'm an idiot. Why did I downgrade him? I should have known he was going to get back to like that 20 plus points per game range. And, and that's what he did today. He gave you 21, 17% target share. Uh, and like I mentioned, you know, almost a 70% route participation. So he had a nice one. But as you mentioned, with Justin Herbert, it's going to impact all these guys. Kudos to Eckler. Again, no one's going to take away that just incredible performance he had last season when he did finish as the fantasy overall PPR RB1. But he will not be repeating this year, Dwayne, which means, again, the last running back to repeat as fantasy football's overall PPR RB1. Got to go all the way back to Priest Holmes in the 2002-2003 seasons. Ironically, Marshall Falk pulled off the year before that in 2000 and 2001. It's been, what, 20 freaking straight years otherwise of different RB1. So LaDainian Tomlinson, for those wondering, had a shit ton of like RB1, RB2 type of seasons. But yeah, funny how that works with that position. Finally, guys, Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys absolutely murked the Eagles. No offensive touchdowns for Philly. Final score, 33-13. to 13. The Cowboys did cover as three-and-a-half-point favorites. The under did have to cash here, though. I believe it finished up there in the low 50s. So, yeah, Dwayne kind of came in the podcast, just had a couple of nice words about this. But just, again, Dak Prescott really doing what he's been doing ever since that San Francisco debacle. But he finally got it done against a good team. I won't necessarily necessarily say a good defense. I mean, we saw last time Dak played them, had plenty of success through the air. A lot of teams have had plenty of success through the air against the Eagles. But, yeah, man, just a really great performance. CeeDee Lamb looked unguardable out there. I mean, he honestly could have had, like, a freaking kill shot in the third quarter. I don't know, man. You, like, you saw that play that sluggo could have been a 62 yard score the broadcast say the free safety got a finger in there looked like it could i have didn't maybe. see it i was about to say <laughs> i just thought it might have been a straight up drop so hey guess what you know still got you 71 yards and a touchdown but could have should have would have been so much more would also note tony pollard and brandon cooks got just short of the goal line so slightly disappointing days from there but again you know less than three feet away from scoring a touchdown which continues to be readily available inside the nfl's now high highest rank scoring offense so credit to michael gallup for getting in the end zone but yeah man jake ferguson's an alpha he jumped over another freaking dude this week i mean mm -hmm. just great stuff going on in this cowboys offense anything really meaningful here Dwayne, that you saw from utilization workload that's changing no it's pretty much uh what we've seen for the last several weeks i will say with jake ferguson 74 percent route participation that is despite the return of peyton hendershot mm. so that was something new we haven't seen hendershot for about six weeks now um, he only had a 12% route participation. So that was good to see, but otherwise, yeah, pretty much status quo for the Cowboys on all utilization fronts. Eagles, you know, as is often the case, wasn't quite as bad as the scoreboard, I think, made it out to be. Got away from them a little bit at the end, but they had Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith all lose fumbles on drives that were in Cowboys territory and presumably heading towards points. So still saw A.J.B. catch nine balls for 94 yards, but hey, Stephon Gilmore going out there made his life tough at each and every stop of the way. Devontae Smith, five catches, 73 yards, and had a touchdown that he sadly let go right 
effect or his hands on what would have been, I think, a 25 or 26 yard score. So again, I'm not going to, you know, ring the sirens and just panic uh, everywhere with Philly. We knew Jalen Hurts was even coming in this one banged up. Didn't really see that, you know, take away from his rushing usage, though, Dwayne. Five carries, 30 yards. They were happy to tush push, and they used plenty of design runs up the middle. I think the only, and again, this sucks. Like, I get that, everyone. You relied on Jalen Hurts, and he really dropped the ball here in week 14. But the only guy that I look at, you know, in this matchup, Dwayne, and say maybe we treat them differently next week in the fantasy playoffs, Maybe DeAndre Swift, man. I mean, it's another week of Kenneth Gamewell really creeping up there in terms of the snaps. Yes, DeAndre Swift still had 11 of the team's 23 carries, but clearly he doesn't seem to be 100% healthy. He's not getting much work in the receiving game. I mean, this was like the third straight week that he had like, maybe he got over 10 rushing yards in the first half, but it was close. Just not very consistent involvement from minute one to the end of the game. Thoughts on downgrading Swift. Not outside the top 30 or anything, but man, this dude was like pushing into the top 12 not that long ago yeah i mean i think he's a mid-range running back too i mean you could maybe argue low end running back too i think we're just basically overreacting to game script though if we do that that's fair uh the eagles have been finally forced into two bad game scripts in a row and this is what happens so kenneth gainwell getting a little bit more of the passing down work which we kind of always thought might be the case but the eagles just don't get into these situations so if the Eagles get back to doing what they normally do, I think Swift's probably in the same role that he's been. And he still had 50% of the snaps today. He still had 48% of the rushing attempts, which is really right around where he's been. He's been that 50 to 60% of the rushing attempts range. Uh, Gainwell was still at 17% today. Um, the biggest thing is the route participation, 32%. I agree Swift doesn't look 100% right now. So maybe that is something that's holding him down a little bit, but I think that game strips are the biggest factor, but obviously, yeah, like if you had him today and you started him 3.9 fantasy points did not feel very good. And I mean, he wasn't even on the injury report this week. So I, yeah, I don't think he's hundred percent healthy, but there's not really any way for us to verify that. We can't say, Oh, just wait till he gets to full practice. Just kind of, you know, got to, got to roll with it at this point. Only other note joint is what do we see out of Dallas Goddard? He looked great out there. I mean, getting some of the yak, he practiced in full all week back to his usual, like every down roll. Yep. 93% route participation. Um, just was the third guy behind Devonta Smith who had 10 targets with a 36% target share. And then AJ Brown, 13 targets, 46% target share for AJ today. So that's kind of been the case though, all year for Goddard. It, it's, it's really much more of a, a boom bust kind of season for Goddard. There's not really very many in-betweens. Uh, he's not the same mid-range tight end one that, that we once had. With, with Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, there's just a very tight squeeze on him. Now, he's still capable of coming through with like an eight-catch game for 100 yards and two touchdowns because he plays in an offense where defenses have to worry about Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. So it can always happen, but there's also a lot of times where you get the games like today. You get four catches, you get 30 yards, and you're like, okay, it didn't kill me, but it also didn't win me my fantasy matchup. So he's really more of that low-end tight end one, in my opinion, not from a talent standpoint, folks, but just... <laughs> Overall, the way everything works with the, with the Eagles offense, Goddard's more of a low-end tight end one going to have three potential smash spots here down the stretch for Philly. They got the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals, and then even the Giants again in Week 18. So still very much control their own destiny in the NFC East. And, you know, they're going to be pretty decent favorites in all those games. So do you think we'll get much better fantasy performances from everyone involved in Philly here when we need them most, despite today's letdown? And with that, everyone, going to wrap up this edition of the Fantasy Life Podcast. want to invite you guys to head on over to FantasyLife.com. We have a very free and very awesome newsletter that myself, Dwayne, 
Pete, Kendall, the whole squad helps write each and every week. And you can just find goodness from around the industry that I guarantee you will make you smarter. And I think even maybe bring a smile and or laugh to your face to start off your day. So Dwayne's utilization report madness remains so good. You can literally, as you're probably listening to this on Monday morning, go to fantasylife.com, go to the utilization hub and find literally all of the utilization metrics you could ever hope for neatly organized. And like Dwayne, the fact this stuff works so fast, I mean, look, we've both worked for a lot of companies over the years. Like sometimes we have tools and they're really cool, but they get brought out and you know, they just have some, you know, there's some nuts and bolts still need to go. They don't work that fast and stuff. Like, I don't know what you use in the past for your, your utilization report research. I can guarantee you, you use the exact tool on the site because nothing's fast. I do. I do. I use the site. There's a couple things that I have, you know, on the back end because we don't have them up on the site yet, but we've got a, we've got a roadmap full of other things we want to do for you guys in this off season. And we will be getting to some of those things, but yeah, whenever I'm writing up the utilization report and I'm doing all my work for the week and I'm doing projections, like I'm constantly using those tools. So, and, and that makes me super excited. We've gotten a lot of really great feedback. So if you guys haven't had a chance to go check them out, then go go take a look fantasylife.com and it's free 99 as ian likes to say gotta love that gotta love you listening to this right now for you know just giving us a listen appreciate that and gotta love the chance to go win that fantasy championship the playoffs are here baby and we plan on getting you guys across that finish line as we've been trying to do each and every day so rest up we got three weeks of hell ahead of us you know not really hell hopefully we win then it'll be heaven but you know let's just focus For Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thanks again for tuning in to Fantasy Life Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.